Well, Keza sent me a message earlier today saying, check out my Facebook page. I put pictures up of my graduation and my kids and all this stuff. I'm like, well, I'm at work. I'll check it later. So I checked it, and, and I'm like, Keza must be in this picture somewhere, but the ultra hot person is in the way, and Keza and everyone else is in the back. And I'm like, that's Keza! So I'm checking <laughs> Hold on, Gen 2 is apparently available because she's posting on Facebook. Don't lie to me. We almost had a disaster in the last episode because we did the recording for like a long time and then we stopped because we played something on iTunes. This is the first episode on your fic. And I looked at the wrong screen and I thought for like two and a half hours I just wasn't recording. So I'm like, oh. So I hit the record button and then I'm like to recap my previous points in the past three hours, I'm like, maybe no one will know this. You didn't change the bio yet. I didn't yet, no. I was, we're waiting on someone from Switzerland as memory serves. Who's from Switzerland? Someone's in Switzerland. Kayla's in Germany. That might be it. (laughs) That's damn close. Scott sent me his. He's like forwarded me the same email seven times and I keep losing it every single time. I can't do the Puffwa Exchange website. Oh, you don't have a thing? No. Oh, I should give you a thing. Yeah. Oh, it's very high tech over there at Puffwa Exchange. Um, What happened to Pyrofic Weekly is apparently it's being held together by duct tape. So I can't update the thing or else it will rip the duct tape. Oh, it's just, oh, I'm not going to say anything. What? You know what I was going to say. Uh, okay. This must involve the final five in some capacity. Oh. <laughs> Thank God Richard's not here. I almost couldn't forgive Richard because Richard told P.S. who one of the five were. Oh, there well, I see. You've got mail. Yes. It, it's somewhat like that. That is exactly what it is like. But that it's like. It's 100% exactly what it is like. We didn't do that. I thought we. we, we... I spoiled something, didn't I? We did. Oh, what did we do? I mentioned something. The season three finale, when something starts happening. Oh, and you completely missed it until the series. Yeah, is up. there's like a thing, a, a meme throughout the episode. So that's like when you go back and you reread the Harry Potter novels and you realize that Snape killed Dumbledore and you missed it the first time. No, yeah, that's, that's not things. what it is. I'm saying <laughs> she missed a huge effing thing. It's like if Joe Biden were here, it's a big fucking thing, and she missed it's a it. A big fracking deal. Can we have that sound effect for the Jibe? <laughs> Well, you can't hear it well. It's not like the time he told the Irish Prime Minister, God bless your mother's soul, even though she's sitting in the front row of the thing. Or His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. I got to get this straight. I love that. You can bless somebody's soul if they're alive. But, he, like, but then he's like, hold on, your mother's not dead, your father's dead. I'm like, thanks for bringing him up, Joe. Nice recovery. My internet refuses to load pictures while I'm speaking with you because we have rugby minutes. Oh, is that um, why you've been gone for half an hour? <laughs> well, you kept talking about stuff, and I'm like, I thought we were talking about me. Isn't that the new month for you? It's April 1st. It's, it's actually second. second. So why are you still having no rugby minutes? Because it's the fifth of the month. What? You have to keep looking at the rest of the pictures because you have to look at the ones with me actually all dressed up graduation. We're walking around all, All you know, because this is relevant because we're walking around all afternoon going, it's a little bit Harry Potter. Hold on, Itai has weighed in on your fic, by the way. Itai was on the last Stealing Harry. That was two weeks ago. Oh, that's right. That was last week, actually. You know why? We recorded too many, we recorded three podcasts last week. I can't remember. 
I was wondering why you weren't responding to me, um, mocking you. What are these noises? I think it's Aaron's cat. And they give us instructions. They say, okay, you have to join this line, you have to go down. What? Stop. Who's making that noise? Anyway. They give us all instructions and they give us this little piece of paper. You have to do this, you have to do this. And then they're like, and we're not going to let you out to go to the restroom after you're in the auditorium. We're going to hold you there prisoner until the ceremony is over and the Governor General speaks. And we play the Hallelujah Chorus and the National Anthem and all the fancy things, fun things that they do, right? I go down and because the first thing they tell you is to line up and register and get your academic dress... Yeah. That is what I do. Then I read the rest of the page, which says you must go to the washroom before you enter the auditorium. So I'm in my little Harry Potter robes trying to use the restroom, going, how do these people manage to go to the toilet every day in Hogwarts? Because these robes are a pain in the neck. I don't mean to spoil <laughs> the Star Trek exchange, but we figure out how the Star Trek characters wipe their butts in the middle of the most climactic <laughs> scene in the movie, we tackle that issue. <laughs> Gen 1 was present. Somehow, I'm not surprised. I believe it was an air boudoir was her um, explanation. Oh, I bet they have some sort of spacey bathroom business where it's like it gets compressed into air and shot out ooh, the back ooh, of the ship. good galaxy quest to comment. You get up on the stage, right? Robes are like halfway up, my hat's hanging. And I get up there and there's all these people. They check your name three times to make sure they're giving you in the right order. And there's someone in the wings in the final stage to redress you. And I sit there going, I'm so glad you're here because I don't know what this looks like. They actually redress you before you go on the stage so you look all good and everything. Because I'm not used to wearing robes, and it's very difficult for me. (laughs) They are heavy and hot, and I could not be at Hogwarts. I got a degree in political science. (laughs) Political silence. Aaron, (laughs) while laughing, Aaron just went on mute because I sent him a message saying, dude, you might want to reposition your mic. We're experiencing the meal with you. I was a political science major, so all the political science majors graduate together. And the kid before me, oh, what the hell was his name? I can't think of his name right now. His name started with an E, and he was the goalie on the hockey team, and my school was a big hockey school. Well, the kid ended up, um, he got hurt on the ice, he whacked his head, he was unconscious, he needed major surgery, and they're saying he's not going to live through the night, and the kid pulled that. All these candlelight vigils, the kid pulls it. Then they're saying he'll never walk again or he'll be a paraplegic. He starts walking again. Then they're saying he'll never graduate. He He makes it back to school and does a... He, catches up on all of his classes, and he's going to graduate. This happened maybe in, like, January of his senior year. So now he's going to graduate. So the, the the newspapers are there, and the media is there, and they're going to give him, like, the keys to the city, and they're giving him one of those giant checks that's the size of your car towards college. All this stuff. It's He's come back from the dead. Now, I'm sitting there at graduation, and I'm doing the math. He's E. I'm F. I have to follow him on the stage. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not going to go well. And I'm having the most awkward graduation because the kid who was obsessed with Danielle, who I tried to set up with Danielle before I met Danielle, and I ended up, you know, dating Danielle and eventually marrying Danielle, he's sitting behind me. So that kid's glaring at me. I've got the most annoying kid next to me. The person in front of me faints. And then I've got the kid who came back from the dead next to me on the other side who's going to go up before me. So he walks up, and the place, like, erupts. It's like, you know, I accept the nomination for the presidency kind of eruption. Everyone's screaming, clapping, balloons are falling from the ceiling. And I'm standing there, and they're like, okay, now it's your turn. I walk out, and I do one of those things where I'm like, not like I'm picturing three people are going to clap for me in this entire thing, because how can I follow that? I walk out there, and people are still clapping for him. And I walk out, and I start waving. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I'm, I'm trying to, like, 
not look like a total loser. My aunt is in the audience, and she she stands up. Now it's in, they're all sitting in the bleachers. She gets up and turns. She's at the bottom of the bleachers. She gets up and like shouts to her section. Listen, everybody, my nephew is up next. Please clap for him. He doesn't have any friends. <laughs> so there's this one little portion of the entire gym. It's like, oh, I'm like, who the hell are you, people? I'm like, looking. I'm like, mom. The Hogwarts is in Scotland, and it gets a lot colder than in Australia, so. Probably that, that is probably true. I believe they utilize an under-diaper. Sue, are you present? <laughs> I'm here. Hey, Sue, how are you? I'm good. I'm shipping Keza. Yeah, it's Sue. Are you shipping Keza? I am. You were shipping Melinda last time. No, Melinda said she wanted it's to have sex with me. It was an unfortunate typo. What kind typo. of grammar is that? When you say you ship Keza, you're saying that you're being paired with Keza. No, it's... Well, I've made that before. Remember, I had the... Um, I know, but it doesn't... I know you do, but I'm yes. saying when you swing, you ship something. When I swing? you like that pairing. <laughs> you know, you don't be like, oh, Well, what I if I like the pairing? Yeah, I also ship Ryan, Ryan Danielle. What do you want from me? I mean, I like the pairing. I think it works well. <laughs> that doesn't technically make any sense either. It's just a weird expression people came up with. George is very upset. I mean, like, George divided against himself cannot stand. Oh, that's just sad. I will be right back. That's irrelevant. Wayne is sending me a message about a summer like none other in the Opera House. Hi, Wayne. You're listening to this editing right now, so hello. Oh, are they trying to do the Opera House thing in summer like none other? I don't know. I think they might be. Well Whoa. done, Max. Who's Max? Max is the dog. I have no Come dogs. On. We're all walking around. We're all getting dressed and we're walking around going, it's a little bit Harry Potter. <laughs> all I can point out is Robert, a couple of weeks ago, had he was at the end of a wash cycle, and I believe he was actually considering wearing his Harry Potter robes to church. Now, Keza, we, we have to dump you like a bad habit because we need to talk about you now, but no. I, lo- I love your so hair. You're so fickle. You're so fickle. I just yes, enjoy Last week, you wanted to do Melinda. Then you ship me. No, 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 no. I didn't want to do Melinda. Melinda <laughs> wanted to do me. Can we be clear about this? Yeah, it was. Uh, I do have it on tape. I do have it on tape. Melinda did want to do me. Which apparently Kesa gets to edit, which I think is hysterical. No, I'm taking that one. No. Number one, it show, well, number one, I spoil the final five. Battlestar Galactica. I spoil Battlestar Galactica. Number two, that's how you know you're hemorrhaging staff near the end because like Kesa's editing her own episode. Well, see, now I can't even listen to it. Until I've watched Battlestar Galactica. You can't so listen to it because like, of the... That's, 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 that's how you have to watch... Ba- that's why you have to watch Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> you be the- so, Keza, have you listened to all the episodes? Well, not really, because you spoiled Battlestar Galactica in all of them. So what are we going to talk about? Jack? Wouldn't you like to listen to the episodes, you know, as the author? Yes. That's well, why I had to go watch all uh, the rest of Battlestar Galactica. I love how she- oh, oh, hold on. By the way, uh, my mother-in-law is calling me. This is my ringtone. So say we all. That's <laughs> it. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm watching 1966 Doctor Who the other day because I stayed home from work. And there's a scene where they're walking through the streets of France during the Reign of Terror. And as they're walking through the streets of France, the people of France are chanting, So Say We All. I'm like, this is interesting. Not realizing my phone is ringing in my bag right next to me. I'm like, so, so. Then I backed it up. And that's when Adama yells it again. And I'm like, they did say so say we all. So everyone thought I was dead for the entire time. <laughs> it's like my ringtone was the Doctor Who theme music. And I was asleep and my phone was ringing. And I, I just dreamed that I was watching Doctor Who. <laughs> like I saw, I saw the credits in my head. Like the, like my dream was of watching, you know, the, 
the credit sequence. So say we all. You guys are all. so interesting. My ringtone is the Nokia ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the Star Trek Exchange, you'll discover that thing will outlive all of us. That's right. Yeah. I just have uh, a... Actually, I think I changed it because I don't think I have a Nokia anymore. I don't even know what brand my phone is. But I just have, like, a phone ringing because I figure no one else has a phone ringing anymore, so I know it's <laughs> You'll know it's your phone. <laughs> Stuff might actually sound like I don't know how many people have so say we all, but I'm still working That's on this. That's very true. That's very true. I have yeah. Harry Potter ringtones. It's very cool. It took Kelly an hour to figure out how to put them on my phone for me, but she did it. As soon as I get one of them fancy things. P.S. sends me a message. All right, here's what I need. I wish we had the technology. I wish we oh, as a human race. It's 106. It's 106. Got yeah. this far. Yeah. The 106 is just full of gold. I need some type of it device. Is. I need some type of device that will let me talk on the phone, listen to music, and check my email. If only we made such a thing. So I sent her the iPhone link. <laughs> Holy crap! They sell these? Ever since 106, I cannot stop watching Homes on Homes. <laughs> Anyone see the episode with the ants in the basement? Holy crap, was he angry at the former contractors. <laughs> ever but... since 106, I can't stop shipping bills off. There you go. <laughs> and ever since 106, I want to know why Jen has such an enormous crotch. Ever since 106, <laughs> I unfortunately keep referring to things as the gayest thing I've ever seen, which was unfortunate <laughs> yesterday when I was having a photo taken with Billy, who happens to be gay, and I moved a chair saying, I have to move this chair because in the photo it looks gay. Whoops. <laughs> and I really should say that. It's just like, are you being derogatory and mean? I said, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Luckily, we were friends and she didn't take offense. It's too bad Mike still doesn't work here. He would have been great in that if we could have gotten Aaron in on the gay episode yes. and asked him. Oh, it would be fantastic. <laughs> But alas, he doesn't, so we do what we can. We move draw on. The, draw how you think you would look if your planet was destroyed. Maybe you'd look constipated. <laughs> you know what happened when the 12 colonies went up? All the suppositories went up with it. <laughs> Holy crap. No pun intended. Oh, that was, that was deep. All right. <laughs> on that note, time to talk about Kaz's fit. That means I have to leave now, doesn't it? You made me put yeah, it in my bio. So. I thought you were going to say pants. <laughs> wow. I don't know. We're talking about suppositories. <laughs> I can't believe you're talking about suppositories. Now that we're talking about poop, let's go talk about what kids are rude and hope we can change the topic in time. <laughs> no, my immediate reaction to that is up yours. <laughs> this episode's going to have everything, I can tell right now. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Bye Kessa. Bye, Kessa. Okay. Have fun. I love you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so say we all. So say we Kessa, before you go, I had to die laughing at the Mr. Granger talking about the possums. Wait, why do I forget that? Because <laughs> it's just a throwaway conversation, and he's talking about, yeah, they can get into the attic. And I was rolling on the floor, and people are looking at me really strange. <laughs> And I couldn't... Why I couldn't, do I not remember that? Because you didn't we have read? to act this scene out? Was it near the end? It's in chapter 20 or 21. I'm looking this up. Well, I don't just forget went, to laugh appropriately when you get to Charlie and the Tower. What? Yeah. I don't remember that either!
unto the wonder of that world through many pens. And we'll never let go of all the ones we've made our friends. And they'll say it's only a podcast, but we know it's much more than that. A community all of its own Where we even have our own sorting hat Where the hosts are all our friends And their stories told by Jen We'll always laugh before the end Part of it weekly where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. And welcome back we to Perfect. We didn't start 22. I know. The Possums in 22? Yes. This is what you do. You make me think like I'm a bad podcaster because I missed it. Well, you're not. You're a good podcaster, Ryan. You're a good podcaster. You're a very good podcaster. Yes, good you are. podcaster. You're a good podcaster. <laughs> Welcome back to Perfect Weekly. I'm Ryan, and I I'm, did good. I'm P.S. <laughs> I'm, I'm <Sue>. Scott. <laughs> I'm Aaron. <laughs> and then there's Maud. We are starting uh, our fifth to last Puffwa. Do the math on the that one. final five. <laughs> We're in the, the final, final five. <laughs> Another episode Keza cannot edit. Aww. Oh, God. Holy Aww. We like Keza edits. I think Keza's not. Wayne, Wayne is editing this one, and Wayne knows who the final five are. If not, he'll tell everyone. So. <laughs> Wayne knows who the final five are. Yes, I do. So we are uh, starting chapters 16 through 21 of Rebuilding Life by Keza. By the way, Keza looks really hot with short hair. Thing I learned tonight. My wife is like looking in the room, frowning at me right now. You look hot too, dear. I like your shower cap. It's nice. She just flipped me off and shut the door. All right. <laughs> Marriage going very well, for those of you wondering. All right. We are doing chapters 16 through 21 tonight. We're not doing chapter 22, because apparently in chapter 22, there's possum talk. And I felt like a very bad podcaster for missing it. What was the other thing you said was spoken about? Charlie uh, and a towel. Did that happen yet? Is Charlie even there? Charlie's not there. Is Charlie in this fic? Charlie's in the fic, but he didn't yeah, go to Charlie. Australia, did he? Yeah, Charlie's still in England. No, yes! You people are making me feel... Like, I'm a stupid, <laughs> so the, stupid, the towel stupid will be next week or the week after. All right. Yeah, was it me? It was Kessa that no, said that. It was Kessa. By the way, last evening, Danielle and I and her parents watched the entire series of Gilmore Girls. That was our thing. We had Friday night dinners, and we watched Gilmore Girls. So th- we finished all seven seasons a couple weeks ago, and then we started watching the Olympics. And when we watched the Olympics, I decided I have to watch Parenthood on NBC, because every commercial was of Parenthood on NBC with well, the same actors. Me, that's what made me decide not to watch Parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the deal. So we watched the first episode. We thought it was very good, and then uh, we started watching classic Star Trek, and we started watching episodes of M.A.S.H., and I think we did a couple of podcasts and, and Jen took a cross country trip. All this stuff happened at once. So we never got back to the show. So I'm like, well, you know, pumpkin, they're all on Hulu. We can go watch all of them and we can catch up. And she's Hulu. like, Hulu or, or oh, it happened once. You're like the person that when they're two, they have a French fry and they get the stomach flu and they never eat French fries again. For 20 again. Years. 
And it's you call it Hilo too. It's not Hilo. Whatever it's it Hilo. is, Hello, Hilo, Hula. You're becoming very it. angry once Puffwa hit triple digits. My computer. Once my mother hit Danielle's car, we still keep her, just in a limited capacity, but whatever. So anyway. Danielle was severely reprimanded, though, right? Oh, like, actually, like we thought it was merit. kind of funny because when we had to explain what happened to the claims, which I was, oh, it was hysterical. It's on the computer. We're ready to watch it. Danielle's like, no, 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 no. If I haven't missed it, I don't need to watch it, and that's all there is to it. She's about to open the door again and flip me off. I can see it coming. Door is opening. She's coming out. Are you gonna flip me off? Come on, I'll make you feel better. Oh, she's not gonna flip me off. Look, marriage progress. So anyway. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? While you're ma- while you're making dinner in the kitchen, I will just see if I like it. So I turn it on, and the lead character is lying in bed, and he hears something walking on the roof, and he's like, "Aha!" And he runs out the front door of the house, and he runs across the driveway, and he sees something knocking, you know, like a vent cover off, and he gets up, and he grabs the flashlight from out of nowhere, and he aims the flashlight in the hole, and there's a giant possum in there going. Now, at this They're point, I would, I would just want to kill myself. He was handled it like a pro. I'm like, because I'm picturing Keza in her bathroom with the thing crawling up the side, and she's banging on the ceiling with a broom, and they have more of an active sex life than she does. And, and like, I'm just picturing that whole thing. So we watched every episode of Parenthood because I was inspired by the possums. Did I ever share the story about the possum in the vent? You have a possum. Hold on. You have a story about the time you were a murder suspect. And now when I mention a possum <laughs> in the vent, you have a story on that. I'm well, thinking yeah. you've been holding out on us all this time. I don't know. Well, once upon a time, in the house, there was a vent. And in the middle of the night, you hear this banging. Like... And very loud banging. See, I don't, I don't tell stories well. Yeah, because once upon a time there was a house with a vent. Is not a good beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no story beyond the fact that there was a possum in the vent. Oh, that's when you don't even tell it, though. That's when someone says, "Did you ever have a possum in your vent?" And you say, "Yes, I have." Like that's what, it's what, information available what about, upon request. What about the twelve blackbirds in the fireplace? <laughs> your twelve blackbirds in the fireplace? I have a fireplace story. <laughs> I'm telling my fireplace. Is this is this is the story that you had a fireplace? No. No. The the story is that there were so many flies in the house. I think you're embellishing the story. I can tell by the tone of your voice. No, there were really so many <laughs> flies in the house. It was right. it was awful. We had to close them in, in the windows, like between the screen and the window, just because there were so many of them. And it was because there were twelve dead blackbirds in the fireplace. Now, didn't you find it hard to keep the the, the, the flies in between the, the glass on the screen because every time you would you know open it to let more in some would fly out no because we did it window by the window like when there would be like a bunch on the screen you would close the window and never open it again until the flies were all dead uh-huh. and then so- you mass executed flies is what you're telling me yeah that's your story no the story was about the 12 dead blackbirds that were attracting the flies let me ask you this you got thousands of dead flies in your house right yeah and you admit not, you- any- not anymore this was years ago but you admit that you killed all the flies yeah who killed the blackbirds? I think the blackbirds were done in by natural causes. They just all happened to die in your house after you acknowledged slaughtering thousands of flies. <laughs> what is this, a trial? <laughs> no, I think you're telling a story about how you executed a lot of animals, and I don't think it's very uplifting for our I final five. I didn't execute any animals. I didn't execute anything. 
I don't know. You, you're I also love, I love all creatures. You know what? You're also a murder suspect too. When we eventually find the bodies in your basement, we're all gonna be like, "She seems so normal." There was that thing with the I clipboards, love, but she seems I so love normal. All creatures. <laughs> oh God! You know how I'm gonna have to get subpoenaed and I'm gonna have to get deposed in like days and days. Now tell me about the time she became a Harmonian. It was one week. One week. I was never a Harmonian. <laughs> Neither is um, Melinda. I know Melinda's not a harmonium. Melinda also wanted but, to have sex but, with me last week. It was very disturbing, my fellow But Melinda wrote on her list this morning that she was writing a Harry Hermione fic. Did she and really? And then everybody went, oh! And then she said, April Fool's. <laughs> Oh, Why by the way, everybody just assume automatically that was April Fool's. I mean, that's yeah. like antithesis to Melinda's very existence is the idea of Harry Hermione. I think she I would implode would, if she actually. I really, I really want to clarify that I'm not some kind of twisted individual. <laughs> you have to issue a press release, well, you <laughs> much make, like Harry did in this episode. By the way, because the read this like I don't know. You make it sound like I have a mental condition. If Sarah Palin can convince the American people there's death panels in the health care reform bill, I can convince a few people. Anyway, all I'm saying is that there were just these dead birds, and I was not to blame. I don't think anybody was to blame. I think they were just dumb birds that flew down the chimneys. All 12 of them. They got stuck. Maybe there weren't 12, maybe it was more like five. And I want to be bipartisan. If you know where the death panels are, send me the chapter and section, and we'll take a look at it. All right, so chapters uh, 16 through 21. You don't want to hear my fireplace story? You have a fireplace? Is it better than P.S.'s fireplace story? Maybe. All right, well, hit me up. What do you got? All right, so... Is this like the American (laughs) Idol fireplace stories? You just hear them all and judge who wins? In our fireplace, we have an opening in Mm -hmm. the chimney that's inside the house. There's a big round hole, and you can open it and look down into the chimney to clean it out or whatever. And my mom heard this noise in there, and she thought, oh, man, there's starlings in there. So she went and uncovered it, and out of the hole popped a male wood duck. A wood duck? You know what a wood duck looks like, but they're absolutely beautiful. And he flew around the house about three times, and she ran into the kitchen and opened the door, and he flew out the back door and disappeared. He didn't leave a feather. He didn't poop. He didn't. Nobody believes her because <laughs> she, there was nothing there to show that he was actually in the house. Well, I believe her. I think it would have been a worse story if this beautiful wood duck flew into your mother's house, pooped everywhere, and then left. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That would be like, holy crap, these things suck. Like, that, like So I actually think it's an uplifting story. The thing did not. Cut my yeah. story. Cut my story from the episode. We can't. The entire episode is now based around your story. But it was a bad story. Wayne, Wayne, I order you to leave it in. It's your stay in the episode. Do not cut I, that story. I order you to cut it. I order you! I outrank you, and you're like four feet tall. I totally outrank you. So we're starting the chapter tonight. Now, my I'm sorry, does anyone else have a story about a fireplace? I'm trying to think of a better story. You can't then come up with a brilliant fireplace story and be like, oh, sorry, I forgot this when I told the other one. T.S. is right now looking up uh, fireplace stories online to find the best one. I I have reached out to Gen (laughs) 1 inquiring whether or not she has a fireplace story. You know she does. No, let me guess. It's going to be the one. Okay, one time there was a bird, a, a live bird, and, and we caught it in a box and let it fly outside. Wait Yay. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You caught a live bird. See, this is what happens. I tell a story, and then Ryan edits the story so that... I'm not editing the story. Like, someone count to 50 in the background. I'm not editing the story. There was, Kate, we have a wood stove. Yes. The family room. Yes. And when the house was built, it was a traditional fireplace. Uh Uh-huh. And Mm -hmm. we built a wood stove 
in such a way that was like over the fireplace. Can you picture this? Like mm-hmm. it, we jammed the or the the man who did this the like wood stove chimney up the regular chimney. So there's a wood stove. Did you stove. get a permit for this? this seems dangerous. <laughs> so there was anyway. This with the wood stove is like now over top of the fireplace. Uh huh. And a bird flew down the chimney and uh-huh. it got in the wood stove. Yeah. So it's like fluttering around in there, like all crazy and stuff. Cause obviously uh-huh. it's scared cause it's in a little box. So we took a box, like uh-huh. a, a good sized box, like maybe a box of TV came in. Uh-huh. And we put it over the doors. That's a very large box. Opened the door and the bird flew in the box and we took it outside and let it go. All right. So you saved the bird's life. You spared yes. the bird's life. Yes. Now, why do you think you spare the other 12? <laughs> because they were already dead. Uh-huh. I don't believe you. Okay, so we are ready to start. Ryan, it's not like I killed him. I was a child. I can predict right now Gen 1 story is going to be the time at Christmas that she knocked the tree over and it went in the fireplace and the tree burst into flames and they had to call the fire department and she got, to take, her, she got to take her picture with Santa, who was the fireman. That's right. my prediction. That's my prediction of the story. Or it could be the time that she sets five square miles of Texas really on fire turning into Mike. and her father had a heart attack. Why am I turning into Mike? Because you're giving these elaborate prediction. She said this before on the podcast. These are true yeah, stories. These are true no, stories. She burned down five square miles of Texas and her father had his first heart attack. First. He's not really going to be turning into Mike until he uh, decides that he knows what we can cook based on the way our voices sound on the Holy game. crap! It's Mike's last episode and it was Pasta Gate. Mike's, I tell you, Mike's last glory, last, you know how he would always give these impossible challenges, like Uh what would you do if you were trapped in a room with just a a box cutter and a piece of string? Well, his last impossible challenge was the most glorious of them all. I mean, it's what would you cook? And then every time Death Row made a suggestion, he said that he couldn't do it. Like, Death Row was like, I'm going to grill on the grill. And then he said that he couldn't get to the grill. Well, he's saying that P.S. is a better baker Baker than Danielle. Danielle. Danielle's like having heart palpitations because Danielle's a pastry chef who just spent $36,000 on school. Danielle is going to, like, come kill me because... No, well, then she was fine with it because Mike said she could bake bread well, which she, in fact, can do. (laughs) Well, it was hysterical. I'm at the in-laws tonight. I'm I'm eating with Danielle's grandfather, and Danielle and I are buying a grill tomorrow, buying a charcoal grill. And Danielle's (laughs) grandfather, who was born in, like, 1872 or whatever, was like, oh, grill. Mmm, man's work. They'll be Ryan's job. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. You do not know what happens when I get near food. Oh, that is a pretty duck. <laughs> what? Or fire. What duck? I don't, think, the I, don't think, I don't think that thing it's even. The male. I don't think that even, that thing even does poop. It's too pretty. What? Oh, oh no, the that duck. one's the male, but was the one that was. In, it was that a male. Was it was a male. Those of you following in. along, jump back half an hour. We talk about that then. <laughs> well, I'm not looking at any of this, so I'm just sitting here. I'm like, look there's at a, Ryan. Look at the duck. Oh God, there's a non-pooping duck involved now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, that duck looks like it doesn't poop. I like that. <laughs> Okay, that was a nice story about the duck. I'm, I'm glad we went there. I like we're, that. We're I, have I have got to come up with a nice story. Okay, well, keep working on one that doesn't involve dead animals. Now, for the fourth time, we're covering chapter <laughs> six. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I have a cute animal story. All right, go for it. Okay, once upon a time... <laughs> We were in Colorado on vacation. Yep. I think it was Colorado, wherever it was. Is and this the one where you got attacked by an animal at a zoo? No, there's no animal. Or there's no zoo. Or there's no attack. You got pecked by something. It knocked you, you over. Uh, a kangaroo? Yes. That was, a, that was hey. Australia, though, wasn't it? Wait, why were you in Australia? 
I've never been to Australia. It was a kangaroo at the zoo. There was a kangaroo at the local zoo in Maryland? Uh, some other zoo. I forget what zoo, but there was right, a kangaroo. Well, what's the story about Colorado, then? There was a baby pronghorn uh-huh. and a little white, wait, or I mean a pronghorn herd, and then a little ways away there was a herd of buffalo. Uh-huh. And there was a baby pronghorn, and it sort of wandered away from its mom a little ways away because it was exploring, and it came upon the baby buffalo, and the baby, baby buffalo looked at it and walked a little closer. Like it was going to be friends, and then all of a sudden, it, the baby pronghorn got scared because it realized it wasn't the same thing as it, and then it ran back to its mom. And then what happened? <laughs> that doesn't impress Ryan either. <laughs> oh, I God. was expecting Aww. that the the baby was what it was a baby pronghorn. Yeah, and it I, approached a buffalo. You don't know what that is, do you? No, but I was expecting when it looked up and realized <laughs> that the buffalo was not a pronghorn, it shit itself, and that would link it to the crap fest we were just having. That's not, but that's, Ryan, that's not cute. But that's why people tell stories, because it relates to the, I'm a monologuer. I can teach you this. It There's relates to the thing that you just said, and you go well, on I don't have tangent. any stories about that. Okay. Except, except. You're trying very hard to come up with one, though, aren't you? <laughs> I've been pooped on by a bird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're finally at Shintum. All right. You got pooped on by a bird. So. Um, so, hey, we're covering this fic. I think it's. I am, I am not going to stop until I have found a story in my life experiences. I've lived 22 years on this planet. You were a murder suspect. Is that not it enough? It impresses Ryan. You're the new Mike. I'm not the Mike. You were the new Mike. Don't let me be Mike. Talk about chapter 16 in the damn story about Keza. They went to Australia. Before that. They were in England, because that's where they're from. Yes, they are. Now, as is Jamie Oliver, by the way, everyone should watch Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution Friday night on the Food Network. That's my plug for the episode. All right. I watched it. It was fabulous. Okay. Now, Keza, the hot one. Okay. Keza wrote a story called Rebuilding Life. Aaron has it on his Kindle. I met Aaron, and it was on his Kindle at the time. That's right. That's right. That's why I'm like, Aaron, we're talking about Rebuilding Life. You want to be on the podcast? He's like, yes, Ryan, it's on my Kindle. So, now, are you getting an iPad, or are you saying with the Kindle? Is a Kindle a thing that I should like, or I would like? Well, I don't know. Did you get your iPhone yet? No. Okay. I think a Kindle's pretty awesome for the casual fanfic reader, just because I can have all my fics on my Kindle and read them anywhere. Would I be able to read on the iPhone? It's yes. small. Yes. It's very small, though, and actually, the, the the things that I do with the Kindle, you wouldn't be able to do with the iPhone, because I... I yeah, You probably could. You can go straight to the website. She might be able to use the iPad, but then she couldn't talk on the phone. I want to talk on the phone, because that uh, is a good thing to do. We'll get her a gift card to the mall, and she can go and pick out whatever she wants, so I'm going to do that. There you go. But, but back to your original question, uh, no, I will not be getting an iPad, though I want one desperately, um, because they're quite possibly the most amazing thing I've ever heard of. I think Apple is a little cocky with their I flash I think it position. sounds like a feminine hygiene product. Yeah, the eye tampon yes. didn't yeah. work well for it. <laughs> there's a there's a joke that that there's going to be their their next step will be to come out with a larger uh, supersized one they're going to call it the Max iPad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's awful. All right. It's I think awful. I want an iPhone. I'm looking at this thing. I don't think I want it. Where am I going to put it? iPhone? It, no, iPad. It looks really big. Yes, don't get an iPad. Okay. We're we're, we're going to look up the, we're going to look up the Kindle layer. Okay, now Aaron, you weren't here last week, but you've read this fic because it's on your Kindle. That's right. What do you think of the fic? Hmm, what do I think of the fic? Well, it's um 
it's interesting because it, it starts off as one thing and it kind of morphs into something else. It starts off as a very kind of focused right after the battle type thing, and then it kind of morphs into like a year eight story. It doesn't. I don't. I don't think that it, it started out. I know it didn't start out that way, and it was interesting how it did turn out that way. Yeah, that, um, that's interesting because I'm at the point now where they've we've had like the healing portion at home, and then we've gone yeah. to. Australia, and we've driven around with the Sesame Street people, and now we're ready to come back. But there's there's no overarching independent plot that's taken over yet. Yeah, um, that will it, change. It, it takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while for for there to be any kind of real overarching plot to it. And even even throughout the fic, there's not really like a major. There's not like a major villain. There's not. Uh, Which no, there's is good. Like, Which is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of just about life going on, and it's really what the it is. It's rebuilding life from this this terrible time they've had for however long the uh, Wizarding World's been trying to recover from this this crazy madman who right. likes to kill people and make Horcruxes out of things. Well, one of the things I, I kept thinking to myself as I was reading these chapters was. Um, you know they're in Australia, and you you read the Quibbler article about Molly Weasley, and and I was listening to that for a stretch in the car today while I was driving around flooded roads because New England is underwater right now. But I was still focused, and the thing I was picking up on is that now that the war is over, everything is you know obviously they've lost Fred, but everything else for this family is just proceeding so well, and people are happy, and people are safe, and people mm-hmm. get to play Quidditch, and the, and they don't have to worry anymore. And it's when you think of the canon, it's just it was so many years of hell for this family that it's just that period where you know they made it and they get to be happy now, but they could have had a lot more happiness over the past few years if they just stayed on the sidelines, but they didn't. So I I mean, this is nothing, you know, groundbreaking that's been written here, but it's just one of those things that when a fic is written really well, it reminds you of what actually happened in in the canon that we read. So that that was just something that kind of jumped out of me a little bit. Well, it's a good contrast to the years preceding this where they've been, you know, holed up in Grim Old Place or holed up at Aunt Muriel's. Or on the run in the woods, in the case of Ron and Harry in book seven, or um, at the end of book five when they're on the run from Umbridge. And if she had come out with the centaur, she, they might have been on the run from the ministry as well. I, it's hard to say what would have happened if if, they, if Hermione's plan hadn't worked. The thing I commented on in the last episode was there was a random moment, I think in like chapter eight or whatever, where you know they come back to the borough after a night at the ministry. When they got, um, when Harry got the Order of Merlin and everyone got their Order of Merlins and the, the burrow had been burglarized and George is missing and there's auras everywhere. And I'm like, oh crap, it's going to go down the road now of being just another fic where, you know, we're worried about the Death Eaters and we're, you know, on the run and we're, you know, doing all these various things that we do in all these other fics. Cause I was hoping this mm-hmm. would be a, a, you know, a different type of story. And it lasted like three, paragraphs and then everything was fine they found george yeah. he, he tripped over a tree branch he's fine and, and you mm-hmm. know, they, they caught the guys and you know molly get molly gets a new keurig coffee maker and everything's fine so i i was kind of worried about that so i like the fact that it's a different type of story where literally it's kind of like uh, that thing we were talking about last week seeking jimmy nothing has to happen it can just be yeah. a story about you know getting to the next day it's mm-hmm. not psychic serpent where everything is happening it's just it's a calm story about that. So there, there are actually moments here where I feel like any activity is, is too much. And there are moments where I feel like the characters get a little bit too emotional. And, you know, it's a little especially bit, especially in the early chapters, especially in the early chapters. And I, 
we talked about that last week in, in the podcast. So as the podcast ended, that was the first thing on my mind as I picked up these chapters. And it happened again right away. So I'm like, oh, here right. we go again. It happened right away, and then it really stopped. And it, that was like kind of like the last hurrah almost. And yeah. then we got into the chapters in Australia, and if anything, there were moments where it was too, like, I, like, I feel ridiculous saying this because I host a Harry Potter podcast, but it was like too much romance and too much. I love you. 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 And, there, and then it happened sporadically, but it, that even got past. And I, I really like the place we're at now at the end, but the, the I, I must say it does balance out a lot better down the road. It becomes a lot more like just they're, they're at school doing stuff and. There's some angst, yes, and there's some, you know, yeah. sappy romance, but it's not, it's, it's not kind of the, 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 you know, the, the extremes, let's say, that we have early on here, especially at the beginning of chapter 16. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's Harry and Ron are in, I read this a few days ago, they're in Ron's room, and Ron makes a comment along the lines of, you're lucky not to have you know, parents who butt in or something like that. I can't believe that happened again. But no. In reference, in reference to, uh, I guess, Arthur w- took Harry out to the shed yeah. or something. To, to have right. the talk. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing to have the talk. Now, here's the thing. Like, Keza was saying earlier tonight, if it, if it's stayed in the episode, she made a comment to her gay friend, move that chair, it's gay, or something like that. Like, I have one parent, one of my parents died, so people make comments all the time to me, oh, my, I want to kill my parents. Like, you know, life happens, and sometimes people will say things that are expressions and clearly are not what they mean. And sometimes people will say things that are misguided and are rude and are racist and are closed-minded and they need to be whacked on the back of the head. Clearly, this was not one of those cases. This was Ron used and expressed. It's not like Ron honestly to God believed, I wish I didn't have parents. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes my parents are pissing me off so much, I'm so mad at that thing my mother just did, I wish I didn't have parents. Then you could argue he's being a dipshit, because he's saying it in front of the kid who's an orphan. He he used an expression, oh, I want to kill you. Like, you don't really want that person dead. Like, So I thought that was a moment where, and then Harry runs out of and that was the thing that didn't seem like Harry, because Harry's not a Slytherin. Let me put you that way, because we've done a lot of Slytherin fics. So in the Slytherin fic, you, Harry as the Slytherin would say something to generate a particular response so he could then take advantage of that response, and he could you know, gain a tactical advantage, like Gran would say from Year of Darkness. That didn't... You know, so you could see... In this one, it was almost like he runs out of the room because I'm so upset at Ron, and Ron chases after him, I didn't mean it. It almost, it comes across like he's looking for sympathy, because how, like, you you obviously didn't think that. Like, Harry would make, if anything, if he were offended, I think he'd make an underhand remark, like, yeah, Ron, it must be great, you know, having parents or something, and make Ron feel stupid. I can't picture him running out of the room and down the stairs and slamming doors. Like, he seems like he's, like, waking everyone else up in the house, you know, so he, like, it just, it came across just weird for Harry, but... It came across a bit girlish. Yeah. She writes Harry, uh, especially uh, uh, to harp on it in the early chapters, she writes him a lot more emotional, I think, than, than we see him in the in the canon. And I can't help but wonder if maybe this is, uh, and maybe this is me rationalizing, but what if this is some sort of reaction to him no longer having this crazy, uh, evil piece of soul attached to him at all times? I mean, surely that that affected him in some way. We yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe this is maybe this is more of the natural Harry coming out. Maybe Harry is a girly man. Girly man. Maybe he, he, uh, well, maybe it's like 
like he's undergoing he's undergoing hormone replacement therapy. Well, he's, he has earlier he, he lost has, like, the Horcrux. I mean, you know, so maybe his hormones yeah. are all out. Of he's that. wearing knickers, like you know what I mean? It's like oh, <laughs> girly man. Well, and he like his post traumatic stress earlier in the in the thing. He like uh, uh, I know this is the, from the previous chapters, but when George curses him, he's like he's like cowering in a corner when everybody when anybody ever talks to him loudly. Girly man. It's it's weird for. Uh, the idea is that right now he's emotionally fragile, yes, because he's gone through this whole thing. He's been shot and come back to life, and the battle was going on all around him, and this is the next week, and it's finally all sort of catching up to him, because you can't do that in the middle of a battle. You can't, you know throw three curses and then break down in the corner, you're going to die. So right. you have to do it later. Whatever. It's put off and it all it's all coming out for him at once kind of thing. You know, he just got shot by the most evil wizard ever and died and came back to life. Get over it, alright? Come on. But you know what the thing is? He, he does that. I, I think this is maybe the thing. I agree. The fic gets tremendously better and, you know, we harp on this now. I think that it's, it's, it's very reasonable to assume that Harry's gone through all this then he has that breakdown and that's what Kez is writing about. So that's very reasonable. His his responses when the people are used to the canon. But it's like that, it's that separation where we always say, you know, these characters are not 16-year-old kids, but they but they are 16-year-old kids, so when they act like they're actually 16-year-old kids, we say they, they're not, you know, bucked up enough, and then, you know, so it's one of those things where, you know, Harry gets shot, and he, he sacrifices his life for his friends, and he's, you know, while he's not ready for marriage, he's like, he's incredibly you know, mature and he's thoughtful and he's looking for the perfect gift and he want, he gives his, you know, his, his soon to be wife here, Jenny, his ATM card and he, you know what I mean? And he's calling everyone mom and dad. So he, on some level, he's very mature, but on the other level, he's slamming the doors in the house like he's a 16 year old girl. Girly man. It's like, I'm, and I've been 16 years old and, you know, it's, it's one minute you're screaming, one minute you're not. It just seemed weird. I'm like, really? You defeated the Dark Lords? Really? Really? And, yeah. well, so that, but I can see him being emotional yeah, right now. It's, yeah. it's sure. perfectly normal. It was like one scene too many, I think, when he's just that. Like, it just, it seemed very over the top. And, you know, I'm sure he has a reason for it to be over the top. It just seemed very girly man over the top. And that was the last scene really like that. I felt like we got a lot of those scenes in the first. Uh, 16 chapters and then it pretty much stopped and then I think the fic took a different take from there and we go to Australia and it transitions more into a hair Ginny romance story mm-hmm. even though it was before but that's the focus now it's it's the it's the romance and then you progress to the scene which I thought was a really fun scene where Ginny comes into to Harry and um, Ron and George's bedroom hops into bed with Harry and Ron hops out and hops into bed with Hermione and George is still sleeping there and Harry's like I'm in bed with Ginny I'm in bed with Ginny I'll go sleep with Ron and Hermione <laughs> he gets out leaves the room and he can't figure out why she's pissed like hello that was I thought a really great moment too because you have her feeling like the outcast for a year because the three of them go off and save the world and she's stuck at home with her mother and I love what Keza does with Ron and with Bill and George and their reaction to the thing. Because in the beginning, they do the thing where they're like, we're going to find whoever, you know, our baby sister who plays with dolls is, is dating and we're going to kill him. And then they progress to the point where, where Ron's like, yeah, I'm going to go sleep with Hermione. Harry, whatever you do, I just don't want to see it. <laughs> That's all right. I, that is so well, freaking refreshing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nice I, to see. But we do get by... that with Bill mm-hmm. yeah. later on. A little, well, I, 
that struck me at the very end is is a little weird because Bill was really like the family patriarch, you know, acting during all of this, and he's mm-hmm. staying up with Harry, and he's you know making sure Harry's okay through the night, and he's you know he's rubbing his hand through his hair. Bill's kind of like Harry's acting surrogate dad when Arthur is you know either killed or incapacitated. Like Bill is is the guy. And it seemed like at the end, he's like, you're in love with my sister. I had no idea. I'm like, really? <laughs> because everyone else knew. <laughs> so I thought that was a little weird transition at the end there. I was amused by the beginning where you can obviously tell when they've been kissing. Like, Ron leaps down the stairs. He's like, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, Baltimore. Good morning, Baltimore. This morning is fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) My office is fabulous. Well, I thought that Arthur and Molly were going with them, and then I realized they want to have the house themselves. I'm like, thank you, God. (laughs) Well, the other thing is, a lot of times through these chapters, Harry and Ginny just start making out, and there's one point on her birthday where after they stop, they look around and they realize everyone else has moved on with her. I'm like, where did everyone, like, how? That's really annoying when people do that. Like, I'm driving to work today, and it's like 6.58 in the morning, and I've got my giant Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince coffee mug full of coffee, and I'm just sitting in traffic, and I look over, and there's two people making out against a wall, and I can't drive anywhere. I'm like, it is way too fucking early for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, beep at them to get out of my way. I, I thought it was funny that they started making out, and they got so into it, they forgot that all the Weasleys were in the room, but I love the fact that Keza writes a story where Harry and Ginny can make out in front of the Weasleys and not die. Because yeah. that is really... Like, I'm picturing from Backward with Purpose Molly just frowning all the time. <laughs> frowning frowning holes into Harry's head. Exactly! It's like every... Harry's, Harry, you know, just after he gives all, you know, his clothes to the, to the poor children and he does mouth-to-mouth on that poor person and saves the cat from the tree. He's like, you know what, Ginny? I would really love to see you naked. Molly just happens to walk by frowning. Like, it's like every mm-hmm. single thing. He could be doing mouth-to-mouth on Ginny. He could be, and Molly would just be frowning, because why did he have to do it and all that stuff? So. Yeah, Molly's kind of a permanent frown for a bunch of that fic, but she that's, does. that's not this fic. That's thankfully. not this fic. This fic is very well written and does not involve frown lines. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. And very different from Backwards of Purpose. Yes. It is. Yeah, because they like Harry in this. They, they enjoy Harry tremendously. Now, they arrive in Australia, and I, I'm picturing they're at... Now, this has to be an airport that Keza frequents. So they're in. Well, did, you, did you find Keza in the story? I caught Keza at the beginning because Keza and I have a bond, and I instantly could locate her. I'm like, she's got to be the one on the mobile. She's got to be the one because she calls it a mobile. Hence, it must be her. I love the yeah, part but- that they land and Bill and Fleur are like, really? We're, we're honeymooning here. <laughs> Because it's, like, dirty and crowded and confusing. And there's strikes involved and all that stuff. I'm like, really? This is where we've come for our nuptials. But it was funny that the port key came out at the airport. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. isn't that a little weird? Actually, it made it made made perfect sense to me. You know, it's a it's a travel terminal. It's it's big. You know, you can you can disguise that kind of travel pretty well mm-hmm. there. What's the thing they they switched? You don't 
flu, you flidge or fr- what is it? Yeah, the, yeah. the flidge. Yeah, the flidge. because they don't have, they don't have fireplaces. They have they have refrigerators. Refrigerators. That makes an enormous amount of sense because Keza is always very warm, and I've never understood why. But that makes a lot of sense. I did enjoy <laughs> that. And I sent her a message. I'm like, Origin Alley, I love you. And now I saw her hair, and I love her even more. That was a really cute thing because usually. So I guess Keza doesn't have a fireplace story. <laughs> No, probably, probably not. not. She you, might. You've been racking your little brain over there. I. Because you've been a little quiet. I've been having a lot. Honestly, I don't have a better story than the one I told before. The the one about the murder suspect. Or that's not even what it was about. I got her saying it. She was a murder suspect. I was not. You were too. All right. So they. I did enjoy Origin Alley because obviously Diagon Alley, Nocturne Alley, and usually when they go to the other place, they're like it's. Prince Street, or something very boring. <laughs> yeah. So I like yeah. the fact that she put time and effort in. I like the fact that to get in, they're like, oh, it's very similar to the way we get into Diagon Alley. Then you have to go and you have to tap every yellow dot on the damn thing, and you're like, holy crap. So it's it's a little bit different, it's a little bit more involved, and there were a few moments, I noticed in the chapters, where Harry, actually the Weasleys in general, Harry and the Weasleys are dense as stumps at part of this, mm-hmm. because they get there. Now first, they the, the the first dense and stump moment was in the last set of chapters where they're like, we need to get someone to call famous. <laughs> the, the, call the ministry and get us a porky. Do we know anyone famous? What about what about Gilderoy Lockhart? We could give him a brain train. We could do well, surgery on him. If only we knew like someone who's on the front page of the prophet. I even have a copy in my hand. Damn it! Who can we use? And I, I'm like, well, then I realized they were kidding. They actually didn't know who they could use. Right. Well, I think. That that's meant to illustrate how they don't feel like Harry is anybody, you know, particularly yeah, loved it, of not not special, but not particularly, mm-hmm. you know, famous. They don't think of him as that way. They think of him as Harry. No, I understand and, that, but they were holding the newspaper in their hands. Like it seemed a little special. Like, well, like, it was a little bit over the top. <laughs> I'll, I'll grant you that, but. Uh, I think the, the sentiment behind it was good. It was, I, uh, I agree with that because then there's the point later where they get to the hotel and they're and they're checking into all their their rooms here, and you know the the girls are all over Harry and they're like, "There's someone famous nearby," you know. <laughs> it's so not, there's funny. an author, really, an author. Hmm. Say it fast. <laughs> and they're like, like it's, it's you. They're looking for you because <laughs> we figured out last time that you're famous. I, he was just incredibly dense. I do like the uh, clerk, though, because the, uh, there's the two guys at the Orridge Inn, which is also fun. Um, <laughs> I sent her a message for Origin Alley. I'm like, you suck, but I love you. Then two minutes later, Origin Inn. I continue to be impressed, woman. Mm-hmm. But they're having their big uh, conversation, which a lot of you know retail people and such will do when there's no customers around. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I was telling you, that, and I said this, and then another one, can I help you? <laughs> yes. In my, that voice. <laughs> my favorite moment. Now, there's some points where, where you know, Keza maybe hasn't got me, or she hasn't had me a hello, or she's still getting her groove on, or whatnot. And then there's a moment where she's had me. The moment where she had me was when George was just so pissed at Bill and Fleur. He's like, you, you forget the silencing charms. You need to do concealing charms. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to have to think about it. Do whatever you're going to do. Just leave me out of it. I, it is sick. And Jenny's like, well, Bill, well, George, whoever you are, Bill, George, 
you know, Charlie, not the dead one, the other one, Ron, whoever you are, you know, just, just, just calm down because they're on their honeymoon. He's like, if they want to do it, they should do it in a bed. There is no reason they have to do it up against the wall of the connecting door to our rooms. I had no way of knowing they weren't knocking. Knocking. <laughs> just picturing, oh, I'll get it. And he opens the door. His life is all the therapy. Every bit of progress he's made since Fred bit it. Everything out the window. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. That was what really I would fun. do is come in. I just, no, 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 no. Cross the threshold. <laughs> cross the threshold. What was the other one? It was cross the threshold, and it was gain, gain admittance. admittance. <laughs> Door. No, it would be great if it was like one of those um, doors from Star Trek that just open automatically. Come in. <laughs> That's embarrassing. That actually happened in a supermarket. There was like a catwalk in the back of the store, so it ran up above, like, in the back of the grocery store where, like, the meat department was and the deli and the produce department and all that. A couple of workers in the store decided it was noontime, and um, they weren't off work until 6, and both of them simultaneously needed to... You know what I mean? (laughs) So they decided they were going to... um, On the catwalk area above the deli, and... um, Turn around they did in a manner which was apparently not considered when they pulled the permits to build the catwalk area. They landed at noon on a Saturday on the deli counter. Ooh, ouch. Oh, goodness. In much the same state that um, <laughs> poor Bill and Fleur were in on the floor with George at the door saying, you're not trick-or-treaters, are you? Like, it was very, <laughs> it was it was bad, but I love that moment. <laughs> Wow, I was you talking about that catwalk, and I was thinking it was like something out of like a I don't know like a post apocalyptic like fascist society. You got guys walking around upstairs with shotguns. Exactly, nobody's getting out of line. I was like, damn, this is like this is some sort of grocery store. Maybe. Or it was like the catwalk that Captain Kirk died on, trying to jump to save. The thing. <laughs> you know what I mean, it was very similar. At least Kirk yeah, went with like style. Because that's just embarrassing. You know what? <laughs> it would have been better if one of them wasn't. Taking I, just, I can see his last words to Picard: "Tell them." I died killing Klingons. Did I tell you that one of them was dating someone in the deli? <laughs> oh, dear. That's a good word. It was very exciting. So um, so that moment I absolutely loved. I absolutely loved the knocking part. Um, I'm, I'm now afraid to answer doors. P.S. You're very quiet. Are you trying to think of a fireplace story? No. Oh, thank I'm just God. thinking. Well, about what? <laughs> I really think I'm out of story. <laughs> Yes, we're trying to podcast. <laughs> it makes me sad because you cut that story. You, we're not cutting the story because then the rest of this episode makes absolutely no sense. But you make me sound like deranged. That's the point. But I'm not deranged. You're a little bit deranged. April oh, Fools. Oh. Yeah, April Fools. That story was a joke. That didn't really happen. This April episode has now crossed the line into sad. What? Uh, Ryan? Yeah? Oh. She sounds so pathetic. She does. Was that what she was going for? Yeah. All right. That's oh. fine. I heard a great April Fool's joke for today. Somebody said that they were really sad that they forgot it was April Fool's today because they were going to put 
voice activated on all the copy machines at work and just watch <laughs> people try to make us go. <laughs> Uh, Her laughter is actually real. Yeah, and you made me put that in my bio. I didn't make you. You look for suggestions. Yeah, well, that was one of the ones you suggested. Because it's true. It is true. What are we fighting about? I'm not denying it. (laughs) What are we fighting about? We're not fighting. Why did you bring it up? Because you brought it up. You brought it up. All right, children. You brought it up. Back. Go in your corners. Back. To the story. All right. What else happened in I chapter liked, 16? I 20? thought it was interesting all the Australian words that they used. She had fun with that, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, she did. I, I was going to say about that. She does a great job of, of bringing Australia to those of us who haven't been there, which is everybody on this podcast, I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. You had yep. to picture that there were a lot of friends in the fandom she was directly speaking to. Yes. She's like, oh, like an idiot would think that. Do not call it a flip-flop. It is a thong. <laughs> <laughs> or tong. Or is it thong or tong? Thong. You were right the first time. Not tong. Tong is what, you, is what you eat salad with. You eat salad. Which is, thong is what got Jen into trouble with spellcasts because... Rob said that he had spell cast thongs and she thought flip flops and said, I want three. And he went, really? That's kind of weird. So, you know. Yeah, that's when we used to let Jen outdoors. Yeah, I remember that. I enjoy Jonathan, though. He's fun. Jonathan is fun. Fair Dinkum's fun. I like Fair Dinkum. Which one's Fair Dinkum? It's an expression. There's Fair, no actual character. There's no character named Fair Dinkum. No. no. no okay, well, I have a text reader, and sometimes it's a little confusing trying to follow. Oh, my text reader loved Australia, by the way. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? What did it say? It read everything phonetically. I'm like, yeah. where the hell are we? Mine mine says OI instead of OI. It's it's great. And Ron says OI all the time in well, this fic. You can tell O-I. the sink into your eyes had like a little bit of a hiccup. You know, every once in a while, there's odd spacing issues. Oh, yeah. Yes. You could tell that every time it's like, Harwai entered the room with Guinea. <laughs> I'm like, what? I have a problem with, with uh, cause I, I love, uh, off on a tangent here, Sink and Tigerize is great for Kindle, by the way, because, um, they have the, the printer, uh, friendly version yes. of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can, I can just click the printer version for the whole story and I can just copy that into a, a, a Word file and put it on there. The problem is that for some reason, the formatting on the, uh, apostrophes and, like quotes and stuff is weird and it doesn't work quite right with my Kindle. So I end up with these weird question mark boxes on the Kindle yes. and then it won't, then it won't do the automatic reading. So before I have, so I have to go through all the steps. I have to like search and replace all the apostrophes, commas, uh, and quotation marks and ellipses. Cause anytime you have the ellipses, they always give anyway. It's a, it's a whole big process, but otherwise it's, it's, well, then the problem you have, too, when it reads the question mark, it reads it as a question, so it increases the pitch. Oh, yes. It does, it's it, like, it, it's like, it did that with my fic. Like, Harry look to Ginny. I love you. <laughs> like, it's like, like, it doesn't understand, like, it gets the, the rising intonation for question mark, but it only does it on the last word it says. So it'll be like, are you going to the store? One issue I had in this one is, as we talked about last week, Keza uses 26 X's as her scene breaks, so it's Because we're sick people who think about thongs Or asterisks, yeah. 
Can you, put, can you put that as a sound effect in the episode? Can you get it? Yes. Can you get the text reader saying Wayne? Wayne, as you get to this point in the editing, come find me. I will provide for you the sound effect. Mine did it on what was it? Backwards of purpose. Dead Woodpecker would always do HP, 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 and then AP, AP on the sequel. So you go HP, 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 well, the one I loved tonight was at one moment Harry woke screaming "arg." <laughs> yeah, that was. Scary. It's like a a a a a a a r r r r r g g g. I'm like, someone's in trouble. I wonder who it is. It's like g g g g g g g g h h h h h h h h exclamation exclamation exclamation. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I can't wait to find out who's screaming because it's been 12 seconds. It's probably supposed to be happening faster than this in real time. Why? was Harry screaming? Does anyone remember? No. Because <laughs> it was so dramatic at the time. And they kind of like, I, I don't recall what. Let's look it up. Oh, I'm at George Street. I did. I thought some of that was a little like, Tessa, was, I love you, but I thought the George Street gag was a little forced. Well, it was a little bit of uh, Psychic Serpent where Keza was so excited she knew where they were. She gave us the street directions. Yes. Right. I think it really came through here how... Um, Keza has, you know, this is her country. This is she knows everything here, and I think, she, like I said earlier, she did a good job of giving it to all of us. But <laughs> Aaron, pretty, pretty oh no, it wasn't Harry crying. It was George because Ginny is now of age, and she hexed him and gave him really big ears. That was it. Thank you. It's the very beginning of twenty-one. It's like she's sitting yeah. there. Five, four, yeah. three, two. I promise you, I'd do this when I was eight. One. Fire! That was good. That was it. Well, I'm actually doing a search right now for a a a a a a a. There it is. There's a space before the last age too. There is. Yes. It almost looks like hi. Hi. Oh, I don't have a space before the last age. Thank you. I have an exclamation point. No, I don't. Don't tell me I do. I don't. Don't ever tell me what I can't do ever. It's h h h space h I'm in the I'm in the printer only version. I don't have that. Oh, okay. Well, I love that the chapter twenty one authors notes. You all have them to thank for extended scenes and correct comma usage. She's been trying to get these commas right since chapter three. It's not her fault. I, well, I don't know where they go either. I just think it's funny that she's like, they're not in the right place. Enjoy the chapter. <laughs> <It's like she's... laughs> well, the thing I thought was interesting, too, is she gave George two floppy ears. And for George, that's pretty much a disability. He has one ear. Yeah. Oh, my I God. I forgot about that. That would be I like can... giving Saul the second eye back and being mm-hmm. like, enjoy. And making them huge. I have been been picturing been picturing George with two ears this whole time. Uh, oh no! You yeah, don't see a lot. Ear. Yeah, you don't see a lot of reference to the. I mean, what, what what do you mean? Like he like rubbed the space where his ear used to be, or like he listened with his ear? Like I always find that really awkward. Mm-hmm. Like when I ha- when I say like, oh, he rolled his eye. Like that sounds so stupid, but I can't say he rolled his <laughs> eyes because he doesn't have he doesn't have eyes. He rolled his eye in the spot where the other eye used to be. You that's so gruesome. Like, what do you do if you if you have one eye and you like like? You can roll your eye. Yeah, you can roll your eye. Well, I can't. But why can't you roll your eye? I, I they both roll. I think. <laughs> Go look in the mirror. We'll be here when you get back. No, no, no. I I, I, I can you do one at a time, Ryan? Oh, Separately. My, um. What if I get so, stuck like this? Yes, Sue. Please go. 
<laughs> I really like that that she's hexed George and then she's gone over and got snuggly with Harry. And Harry's, you know, just starting to explore with his hands. And George is like, I can hear you. Not only can I see you, but I can hear you every last little noise. <laughs> no, what Ginny needs is a, is a brother or a sibling like Helen Keller. You know what I mean? Well, then the thing is, is that it's the uh, it's the extreme from canon. Usually, they don't do anything within a twenty mile radius of the Weasleys. Now they're making out in the tent with all of them. It's weird. Yeah. I did enjoy that. I thought that was really it's good. Funny. Well, I like too that she's like at six thirty in the morning. I've been seventeen for six hours, and I don't have any presents yet. I'm like, really? Do you really get your presents at six thirty in the morning on a normal day? <laughs> yes, they're there when I wake up. Isn't that how it works. I truly enjoyed when the bus broke down because something stole the magic box. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that Harry and Jimmy nearly had their emo moment over camping because they're like, camping was bad. And th- what I cracked up over was half of the people who read the book hated the camping scenes. Like, no more camping! <laughs> no more no! Bad! Well, Harry's going to have, like, a, a traumatic flashback. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hermione's going to have, seriously, a dramatic flashback unless they find a Hilton to stay at, or even a Motel 6, <laughs> whatever the hell those crazy Aussies have down there. No, it was you funny, actually. You know, most everybody hates the, the camping, but I remember one reading one fic where they were so, I don't know, so used to sleeping together, like, they in, in the tent. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they even after they were done, they would, like... Make oh, a fort or something. <laughs> it was a pack. The same room. Make a pillow fort. <laughs> they, like, they, like they would, they would like all sleep in the same room. They couldn't like sleep without the sound of each other well, breathing. I've, or something. I've read stories like that, but it was it was um it was OT three. Well, the interesting thing about it would be that Harry needed to sleep with Hermione, but they didn't need Ron because Ron abandoned them, so like they got used to being <laughs> without him. But Harry and Hermione, they were tight yo all year. That could be the fic that Melinda Leo's writing. That's it. <laughs> And Ginny gets jealous. Ooh. That's a that's a favored, uh, you know, uh, thing is that when they were when Harry and Hermione were together in the tent, something. Could oh, don't happen. even don't even yep. tell me or, or <laughs> about how I the the scene I misread or the the paragraph I misread in Deathly Hallows that made me think it had turned Harry Hermione. Well, apparently it's not it because was, in the Quibbler article, I believe it was mentioned. Anyone who thinks Harry and Hermione—they're just morons. It was Please. the kissing gate, you know, when they're in the graveyard and they have—they the, go by this thing called the kissing gate. The kissing gate. Well, yeah. I'd never heard of a kissing gate in my life, and like, so I was reading this paragraph about Harry and Hermione like embracing each other, like and kissing by the gate. And then I—I I saw the word kissing, and I was like, "Oh my God, no! Come on!" <laughs> That's hilarious. The kiss uh, on the gate. I, I, I like that the bus driver is named Ernie. <laughs> yeah. Bert yeah. Ernie. Bert and Ernie. Well, yes. Bert and Ernie. That is fun too. But well, even I mis that- I misremembered the discussion from last week's podcast where you were discussing um, Bert and Ernie, the two gay bus drivers. <laughs> Someone I thought mentioned it took them a while to figure that out. That would have been death roll, I believe. Did he say something like it took me a while to figure out that Bert was a man? Bert is a woman. No, he said it took him a while to figure out that Bert, is Bert a woman. was not a man. Well, guess what I heard? That Bert was a man? Yes. So <laughs> I'm thinking through the entire thing that Jonathan's going to get all attached to Bert and then realize Bert has a secret. <laughs> so that's how I read the entire. <laughs> bus ride, <laughs> waiting for it to happen. I'm like, this is a... No, it was... He said something like, I... It took me a while to realize the two 
gay bus drivers were in fact a man and a woman. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not exactly a, uh, a uh, feminine name. Mm-hmm. Bert. That's my grandmother's name, actually, Alberta. And everyone calls her Bert. Her name is Bert. <laughs> well, neither is Bert's name Bert, I don't think. No, it's that was a Alberta. classic bubble moment. It's not a very feminine name. It's my grandmother. <laughs> it's like my, my grandmother's name. How dare you? Say? I'm pretty sure Aaron was talking about Bert and Scott. Aaron did that, too, in, um, in, this, in the Star Trek um exchange episode we just did. He's like, they put this scene in so that the morons watching the movie could follow it. And my next line is, I found it tremendously helpful. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was unclear as to what was happening. I love it. Oh, I believe I didn't say morons, I said idiots. Yeah, she said something along the lines of that. Yeah, well. <laughs> now, well, I, is, I, that, is it, well, then there's the, the first Caprica cast where I say what idiots aren't watching this show. <laughs> and it's like log jammers over on like the environmental channel. Yeah. Which is sad because it's a very good show. You should it all go watch that. fantastic show in every After watch you watch Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution, which was awesome. <laughs> I can't eat food, though, after watching that. Um, after you watch that, you need to go watch Caprica on Hulu. Now, the problem is it's not on again until October. There's a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end. Yeah. It didn't say anything with Stargate Universe to me. Are you watching Caprica? I'm not watching Caprica yet. Aaron, come on! You will really enjoy it. Please! I I watched the pilot. Watch it. Watch it. Here, look, look, look. If you go on Hilo, you can find it. Hulu! (laughs) (laughs) Whatever! I love how you won't use it yourself because it crashed your computer, but you're willing to have Aaron (laughs) test drive this piece of crap technology. He seems like the type that would use it well. I, I, I... that's good. Well, actually, he, he if you're outside of the, the states, it won't play for you. Just in case you are, but yeah. What? No, I'm. I'm in Florida. Florida. Oh, I know. I'm talking Florida. to our listeners. Supposedly. Oh. Now, can you yeah. use Hulu, Scott? No, it doesn't work. Really? How it's close are you to the border? I don't know. Several thousand miles from. So it's not like we can throw a wire <laughs> over the border and plug in. No. Okay. Probably not. Why well, know if you were one of those border people? That, have Have you noticed if the Americans are sneaking over to buy cheap prescription drugs and steal your health care? Not so far as I could tell, but again, I'm not border, so who knows? Well, it's, not Sa- like, it's not like you can tell by looking. He's not one of those crazy border people. Well, if you see Sarah Palin doing it, tell her I say hi, because apparently she's been doing it. <laughs> yeah. All right. You'll know her when you see her, you know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so anyway, Caprica is awesome, and you should all watch it. There'll after Jamie beware. Oliver's Food Revolution, because <laughs> it is Hula. Awesome. Is it Hula? Hulu. Hulu. Do you want me to write it down? <laughs> there are two U's. Thank you. That's a stupid name for a website. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. and your killer of birds over here doesn't like your name. <laughs> Where it is a badge of honor, Hulu. 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 <laughs> Right. Yay. So, I, so they're stuck in Australia. They're oh, no, stuck they in stuck. Australia on the bus ride from hell. Like what With is a bunch it? of OCs, interestingly enough. Lots okay. of OCs. I played Clue the other day for the first time in like decades. I played Clue, alright? And I noticed in Clue, every time you try and get your player into a room, someone else will steal you and put you in another room to accuse you, and you almost make... So you spend 20 minutes crossing the damn board, and then someone pulls you to the far end of the board right away. Oh, see, we never did that. Do you play it by taking the person you're accusing? Never done that. 
Really? That just sounds inconvenient. Did I play it wrong? Is that not the rule to go? I don't know what that the rules are. All I know is goes, I've never but... You've been cheating at Clue as well? I guess I have. <laughs> and you know what? We also play play Monopoly with the money from the free parking. What? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean with the money from the free parking? That's an urban legend that, you know, you put the money under free parking and that whoever lands on it gets it. That's that's actually not a real rule. That's yeah, a house rule. But I've been doing that as well. But that's yeah. that's okay. That's like one of the most. Po- that's like probably the most popular house rule. You put you know two or five hundred dollars on yeah. free parking. Whoever lands on their or whoever pays. No, it's it's the um taxes the, or for the taxes. The taxes. Yeah, it's that, anything that, you well. pay for getting a community chest. It's money that you pay. For but the that's an add-on rule. In, in clue, yeah. you're but it's not, not a you're, you're actually like not pl- this would be like if you were saying for example you didn't collect two hundred dollars a go in your version sometimes you collect it's, honestly I, I i've never i've never heard that before that when you recuse somebody that you put their person in the room well it reminded me of that because when they're on the bus ride it's like they get almost there and then someone needs to go to sears and they all the emergency thing, and Harry whacks his head on the side of the bus, and they have to go all the way back. And why does it take so long? It's a magic bus. Well, my question was why. I, now, granted, at this point, I was walking on lunch, and I have my giant noise canceling headphones. <laughs> it, it, like I, I really want to start screaming, Kirk to Enterprise, come in, Mister Spock, because these things are ginormous on my head. And it's possible I was I was focusing on oncoming traffic because I actually can't hear the traffic. I'm that guy, so I I may have zoned just for a moment. But from my recollection, guy needs to go to Sears. He rings the bell. They're almost at the Grangers. They turn around. They fly in the other direction. Harry whacks his head. He hasn't had a concussion like this since George shot him in an earlier chapter. (laughs) And Ginny is, like, sobbing and incredibly upset. Why was Ginny so upset? Because Harry got hurt? She was so frustrated about the stupid bus. (laughs) No, that was Hermione. Because she thought that that Bert was a guy and she was starting to fancy him and then she realized it was a chick. Really? That could have been it. Okay. Ginny had a sexual crisis. She did have a sexual crisis. Well, everyone has a little bit of a crisis in the story. That just is Ginny's mm-hmm. personal. It's well, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's the worst part. Is that her big thing is worrying about Harry getting hurt. Like, at one point when he says, well, it could have been worse, I could have died, she almost breaks down from that, too, because she doesn't like to think about him being hurt, and here he is knocked out, and it's just horrible. And, yeah. Well, he also has to tell her in these chapters, too, that, oh, by the way, I got shot with the killing curse. Did yeah. I not mention that? Because I'm being yeah. emo right now, because Ron made me sad. Well, then <laughs> they go holding... through a, a, a Horcrux by Horcrux breakdown of... Uh, that was nice. That them. was helpful. That was helpful. <laughs> Because you can always tell characters are smarter than you when he's like, well, you know, I destroyed this one, and, and Crab destroyed this one, and Neville destroyed that one, and Ron destroyed that one, and Molly's like, where are the other three? I'm like, really? You're keeping a count in your head. I'd be like, how many are left? Because <laughs> I need the dry erase board to figure out what's going on. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a great moment for the bus service that you're like, use our product, and you see Harry, like, you know, shivering outside in the snow because it's cold out. By the way, Ryan, I wanna, I'm, I'm cursing you right now because ever since you made that comment earlier about the iPad, I've had uh, a page open on my browser, and I've been just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, truly, and you need to go to hell, sir. Go to hell. Go, go to hell. 
I swear to God, because you, you, you're, you're dangling the temptation in front of my face. Well, I think they only made 50 of them as part of the problem Apple is having right now. Because... Well, I'm getting an iPhone. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to. Which one are you getting? What do you mean? I, I think there might be more than one. There's but two. But... Don't confuse her. But, 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 which, okay, which one? <laughs> which, 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 which one is the best one? Which, now, which are one? you sure you don't want the the iPad? It's not a phone. No. Will you Skype, Skype on work it. on it? You can Skype on it. As far as I know, you should be able to Skype on it without problems. But that I don't know yet because tore. I haven't actually seen one and I haven't seen that confirmed yet. So. P.S. Do you have your credit card out right now? I, I know. <laughs> and if so, does it say P.S. on it? Yes. All right. Just had to go there. Now, getting back to the story. So, uh, now here's the thing. So, they're on the bus ride, like, from hell. And they go, they're, they're all over the place and they're back and forth and back and forth, back and forth. And Jonathan and Bert get engaged. Now, at that point, I realized Bert's actually a woman. I was lied to. Yes. So, so, so they get engaged and they decide that, you know, well, first, they decide they're, 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 they're going to date because she's been in love with him for six years and he wants her. And earlier than that, I found it interesting. I like that because I was nervous where Jonathan was going because he's the totally awesome waiter. He's the, he's the waiter that brings you the extra bread. You know, when you eat your allotted mm-hmm. bread and you're only supposed to get so much bread and they bring you more bread because he works for you. He's your guy. He's the cool bread guy. So I, I enjoy Jonathan. So then he teams up. And the thing about Jonathan, the extra guy, he's the extra dude. Because right now you have Ron and Hermione. And you have Harry and Ginny, mm-hmm. and you have Bill and Fleur, and then you have George. Poor George. And then you meet a guy named Jonathan, whose brother recently Jonathan died. and George Seacott. That's the thing. I'm like, okay, he's the replacement twin. And I was nervous mm-hmm. where that would go. And then it turned out he was the, the guy who wanted Bert. And that was good, because I liked the fact that Jonathan actually had a purpose here other than to be the other half of George. So I really enjoyed that. So they're going to get married, and they've decided we're getting married on Friday. Because Friday's a good day to get married at the pub. Right. And and Ernie, who is, I'm picturing is like a cross between Mad-Eye Moody and my version of Amelia Bones. Now, as you recall, my version of Amelia Bones is the one who goes, oh, hostage situation, oh, and bites into a cigar. Like, that's my Amelia Bones. I, so, I have a fic for you, Ryan. Do you, does it involve a hostage situation? It's Amelia. It's really good. Really? Are you it's, covering it's, this on Pofwa, season four? It, no, but I maybe we should. It's... um. Her last moments as Voldy's killing her. Oh Ooh, my god! That I, that's right. She she died. I that sounds that. so gruesome. Because I was joking it about was... the hostage situation, and I actually forgot that she actually um, bites it. Yeah. Hmm. Now I just want to say right now, um, if you're still listening to this, God bless you. <laughs> god bless your soul, is Vice President Biden would say. This is the this is the midway through the podcast. Thank you for still listening. Thank to you us. for if yes. you're still here, <laughs> episode one oh nine. Good. God, man, hate more. <laughs> um, now, I keep saying we have five episodes left. We have five episodes left. Now, Puffwa yeah. is actually coming back. We are handing... Now, Aaron and, and, and P.S. and myself and Death Roll and Richard and um, there's someone... Jen. Jen. We're going to make Jen do it and Rena And a bunch of us are... We're going to do Puffwa Exchange full-time. So we're going to be watching, like, Babylon 5 and, and Firefly and we're reading, a, you know... Um, a, a, song of ice and a fire. song of ice and fire. I want to say a 
game of ice with fire. I was merging. I was. I. I am still in chapter one. So you know, we're, we're doing we're doing all these other things. And Sue and and Scott and and the lovely peons, one of whom is in Switzerland for some godforsaken reason. Is someone in Switzerland, Sue? Kayla. Who's in Germany? That is Kayla. No one's actually in Switzerland. Should be in Kayla. No, Kayla is in Switzerland right now because that's where the family that she's working for is. So oh, they're okay. all skiing and she's watching the kids. No, no one's in Germany. Uh, yes, well, this family was from Sweden. Germany and she was there. And now they all went on holiday to Switzerland. So she's there with them. How far away is, is Switzerland in Germany? They border. They're, they're adjacent to each other. Really? They have the same time zone. That must be fun. To be able to say, I feel like going to Switzerland today and being able to get yeah. up and go do it. I, I have you know, that's like America. I you just like say you go to, to another state. No, because yeah, Jen so tried like that. Hampshire today. Jen tried that. Jen is going. Jen doesn't have enough going on. So Jen, well, Jen lives in the biggest. Te- Texas is like its own country in many ways. Jen got in the family car and she's like, I'm going to Arkansas. Where she she keeps explaining to me she's going to stay near the service mer- the, the near the Sears merchandise. No, I'm sorry. It used to be service <laughs> merchandise, but Sears has a store in Arkansas where you go in and you order out of the catalog. It's a catalog store. It's yeah, a catalog store. Now we don't have those up here in the north. So she's. They have go- a counter, Ryan. It's a counter. If you go into Sears, you can go to this place where they have catalogs, and if they don't have it in the store, you can get them to send it to you. Unless I need a lawnmower, I pretty much, let's just establish this, I really don't shop at Sears. Although I did get my Wii Fit there, because it's the only place that had one. So she is driving towards the state that has the Sears with the counter, and she sends me a message at 8.30 in the morning, leaving Texas, please call me at some point or I'll die. I'm like, I wrote back, okay. Eight hours later, I call Jen. I'm like, how's it going? She's like, I'm still in effing Texas! I'm like, oh, are you, a big state. Are you stuck in yeah. traffic? The state's freaking huge! <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, your governor, who is out of his effing mind, wants to secede from the union. She wants to succeed from the Union and become its own little kingdom of Texas. They tried that, I, well, and it I, failed miserably. Well, I know it, that. It was called the Alamo. Well, at some point in this conversation, <laughs> I'm aware of the fact that Jen is not a student of history. Because she explains to me that that would not be a good idea, but the state is so freaking huge, I could do it anyway, and she'd be trapped in there anyway, so she can't get out. So I'm like, oh, by the way, now, fun fact, the governor of Texas is Rick Perry, okay? Let's call him Rick. The senator from Texas, her name is Kay, okay? Her name is Kay. Kay wanted to be the governor of Texas. The problem with that is Rick is the governor of Texas. So what she decided to do is she says, I'm taking Rick's job, okay? I'm quitting as your senator. Wait, they didn't have an election? They had an election. I'm quitting my job as senator. I'm resigning from the Senate. I'm quitting. And in my free time as an unemployed Texan, I am running for governor of Texas, okay? Mm-hmm. She said that when she was 20 points ahead of Rick in the polls. I'm quitting, I'm running. Then all of a sudden, Rick was 10 points ahead. And she said, I'm running for governor of Texas while still the senator. I'm not quitting. <laughs> okay? Wow. So then what happened was Rick kicked Kay's ass. Rick won by 20 points, okay? So then Kay got up the other day and said, I'm not quitting. I'm staying senator forever or whatever until the next election. (laughs) 
So I'm talking to Jen, and Jen is out of her freaking mind because she's been in this car for eight hours with the screaming godson in the backseat. So I'm like, okay, I will get Jen's mind off it. I'm like, oh, I hear Kay is staying on. Who? Your senator. (laughs) Kay Bailey Hutchinson, your senator. (laughs) Well, I don't think that's right. I'm like, now I'm thinking I'm about to get a whole spiel from Jen about how when you say you're going to do something, you follow through. I think that is so wrong, Ryan, because here we had an election here, and Kay lost. So I don't think she should be able to keep the job. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, Rick won that. I know. So why is Kay still here? Rick won. Kay, Kay, Rick, Kay wanted to be your governor. Well, what's Rick? Rick is your governor. I know. So why is Kay still here? Well, Kay is your senator. She wanted to be your She's staying in the Senate. Well, can she just do that? I mean, we have to have an election. I realize at this point that Jen does not really understand politics very much, but I did enjoy mm-hmm. the accent work. So Jen was on. Why are we talking about Jen? I don't know. But when <laughs> I mentioned like, the Alamo, you wanted to the story. I went off. I'm like, ooh, I have a I story. thought it would be an Alamo-related story. <laughs> Turns out it's not. Do you have a story about dead birds that you can share with us before sure. we move on? In, in an Alamo? <laughs> or fireplaces? Fireplaces. Shut up, both of you. All right. <laughs> I can tell Puffle Exchange is going to be snarky, I can tell. Uh, (laughs) Tag team needling of... uh, Exactly. So, um, no, I'm sorry. So, um, crotchety old man um, Ernie, you know, uh Bert and and Jonathan are like, we're getting married on Friday, we're getting married at the Yeah, it's not Bert and Ernie that are the gay ones, it's Jonathan and Bert. Jonathan and Bert that are getting together, yes. They're, They're getting together. And Ernie's like, no, 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 no. You want to get married on Saturday because Friday you have to work. <laughs> She's like, I, I, dude, I'm I'm taking vacation time. I want to get married. No, no, get married on Saturday because then you can get a room on Sunday so you can have sex because you're married now, mm-hmm. and then you can come back to work. On my- I just thought the entire thing was hysterical because they're all having this little moment. She's like, no, you have to work <laughs> as we're camped out in the middle of the freaking woods because the bus doesn't work or whatever. Because the the think box has been stolen. But it was like Eden. What was it eaten by? It was like eaten by. Was it the possum? They were pixie like things. I don't know that she ever really says what they. I mean, she says what they are, but I don't know that we get a. It's a pukwiji. Well, who who I, I loved who I loved in that scene was George. Because what you want here's what you want. Say you, you're driving the family vehicle. All right. And mm-hmm. something goes in the engine. Now, I know nothing about cars. And smoke is pouring out of the thing, all right? So you pull over on the side of the road, and you put the hood up, and there's smoke pouring out of the thing, and, and your battery's dead and all this crap. What you want is the guy in the back seat who's never seen a car before and never seen an engine to get out and shove his head under the hood to try and figure out what's wrong. <laughs> They're on the side of the road in Australia, on the other end of the world, and the guy with the red hair and one ear shoves his head in the box to try and figure out what the problem is. Hey, don't be is. disparaging the ability of people who have one body part where they used to have two. You're you're sticking up for Saltai a little bit, aren't you? Yeah. All right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I did, so I did enjoy that little moment where George is like, what's a, what's a, what's a thinking box? He shoves his head under the floor and talking like this because he's under the cold. Like, what were you looking for? A giant hole that said insert thought box here? Here? Like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what he's There was a big hole there, so it worked. 
Mm-hmm. All we know about them is that they're nasty little thieving boogers. Boogers? Yes. Boogers. Boogers. Are we having like a moment where your accent is kicking in or are you saying boogers? <laughs> boogers. No, not bo- boogers. Pronounce the following word. R-O-O-F. <laughs> Roof. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was listening to a podcast where you kept saying it and I was giggling in my car. <laughs> like I must have Dude, what does a dog say? Rough. What? Mm. Roof. <laughs> okay, can we not have two barking on the broadcast? That's, that's weird, though. Because a roof is on your house, a dog says rough. That's what, where you live. I that's suppose. what accents do. <laughs> Thank you. These things change. Yes. What is R O U G H? So that's like the same rough. as what a dog says. Oh my Scott, God. say this H O U S E. House. Okay, so then why is Sandra Renamato on property version say house? Probably she's from a different part of Canada. That's the thing. I lump you people all together, and I apologize, because Jen and I sound nothing alike. Canada's exactly. huge. It's, it's huge freaking country. huge. Canada is bigger than the United States. Someone took geography. Mm-hmm. In terms of, is it in Canada? I, I think. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? it? Apparently, Australia so. is also huge, which is why they can't apparate. They can't apparate in the... There's because one bus. Huge. Why can't they apparate through the whole thing? Like, can't they just... They're shoot. worried they'll splinch themselves and land in the middle of the desert with... Yeah. One arm and no legs. And because the night bus never took this miles long. And then 20 miles and 20 miles. But I guess if they don't know what they're apparating into, I guess. Yeah. Now, Bert kept apparating away to someone's house to get shit to bring the shit back, right? That yeah. would have been to Ernie's mother's house. Now, I why believe. couldn't everyone just sleep at Ernie, Ernie's mother's house? Because they, nobody else could apparate that far. She could have sat along, sat along down there. That's a good point. Because it seemed like they probably had, like, heating crap there, right? Yeah, but then we wouldn't yeah, have had this fun camp, I mean, camping scene. The, the camping plus, scenes. Because camping scenes are great, especially... Because it works so well in Deathly Hallows. <laughs> actually, breaking news, the United States actually is bigger than Canada. Sorry. Oh, I thought there was, like, CNN, like, you know, we just declared war on Switzerland <laughs> or something, and the peons were divided. No, no, no. I, I, I actually looked it up because I wasn't sure, and the United States is slightly bigger than Canada. Not by much, but it's slightly That, that includes Alaska, though, right? I would assume because so that's the United States. Yeah, but I, uh, but if you think of you, you think of okay, let's you know, find yeah. continental United. United. I can see Russia from my house. Okay, I just needed to get the conversation <laughs> back on track there. Now, let's there's find a, the size of the continental United States. But why get back on track when we can look up the size of the continental exactly. United States? Hey, the size of the continental United States is three million one hundred nineteen thousand eight hundred eighty-four point six nine square miles. Uh-huh. Or, sorry, okay. I'm um, sorry, or 8,080,464.25 kilometers. Okay. Scott, do you find that more helpful? Canada Not really, because I don't have a conception of that much anyway. 9 million, okay, okay, Canada is bigger than the continental United States. By how much? By a million square kilometers? Um, or miles? About a million square kilometers. It's is that 8, a lot? 8,080,000. <laughs> 464 for the United States versus 9,093,507 for Canada. How much, what percent bigger is Canada than the United that's, States? This that's isn't like, math cast, Ryan. Uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, that's, that's something like 12%. Wow. I think. You know what's helpful in figuring that out, 
figuring out those numbers? A Kindle. Uh, ha, ha, ha. No, the Kindle's Wait, is there? Is the iPhone have a calculator? Because I like that my phone is. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure there's an app for that. There, there's a phrase. Yeah. Thank <laughs> there's, you, Scott. Um, the thing, yes. here's the thing I like on my phone. I like that it has a calendar, and I like oh, it has God. a time. It this, has, is I mean, like, this is like my mother looking for a car that has windows that roll down. All right. It has PS. A, timer, a timer, like PS timer. PS. You will be able to take your iPhone, okay? Uh-huh. You'll be able to walk around your kitchen, you know, at P.S. Manor, all right? If you notice that you're almost out of O.J., do you drink O.J., P.S.? Yes. Okay. You can take your iPhone and scan the orange juice barcode with your and iPhone. make another one? No, it doesn't make another one. It put It makes a list, and it tells you to pick up O.J., that's so cool. So yes, it has a calculator on it too. It okay. Like, all right. is, is this like Jerry Seinfeld's father's tip calculator? If there's, if, it's, it's it does of, other things. It's, it's magical. You, if you if you can think of something, can somebody I, out um, there has made up something. Here's what I imagine doing with it. I imagine that yeah. I could um put podcasts on it and listen to them with headphones. IPod. That's correct. Yep, that is possible. Um, Mm-hmm. I can talk on the phone, but see, because when I go, when I graduate and move back home, I'm gonna lose this fancy internet connection, so I won't be able to use Skype calls with the computer. So Ryan has to call me on my cell phone, and it's more comfortable for me to use some kind of hands-free contraption. Wait a minute! Like if she gets an iPhone, can I just call her on Skype? You can do that uh, on a wireless network. Is the thing uh, it doesn't let you do Skype calls to an iPhone. Right, like your doing? Skype, unless it's on wireless. If it's on the, on uh, my roommate, but I know this by the way because my roommate has an iPhone and we do this all the time. Um, yeah, you do need to you need to be on a wireless network to get like a regular Skype call. But you can call the number and talk with so, her through. The, all right, PS new rule: every time we podcast, I need you to go to Panera. <laughs> Bring your TV with you. All right. All right. Anyway, um, I I don't think I can do that. I don't think that's allowed. But. Also, besides K-Podcasts and talking on the phone, uh-huh. and I guess it might be useful if it had, like, like if I was out and about and then I had a great idea and wanted to write it down instead of keeping a pad that. of paper and a pen in my purse, I, if I could just type it in the iPhone. I'm pretty sure they cracked mm-hmm. this technology that you need back in 2001, so I think you're good. Yeah, you can you can take notes, although the uh, the virtual keyboard is pretty small on that. It is. That is the one. That is but the as one are you, so it might fit you perfectly. And also, could I, like, check Puffo, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It yeah. does the internet. Like the whole internet? The whole thing. No. It, well, it doesn't use certain web-based, you know, stuff like, for example, Flash. Oh, yeah, but, it's not, but it's not like if you try and go to, you know, like a website that starts with the letter J, you're going to be over your phone. Well, I mean, all <laughs> no, I would well, really want to do is check Puffla and maybe go to, like, read a fic. Well, I don't think that Hilo will work on it, though. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, work on it. I don't like Hilo. I mean, I like, I like Hilo the person. <laughs> I don't like Hilo the website. That you like on. Carl Agathon, but you don't yes, like. Uh, I love Carl okay. Agathon, but he he lends his name to a shoddy product. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> write the fucking thing down. It's Hulu. But why would I need to write it down? There's only two it? letters shared between the two names. The vowels are totally different. But yes, the different vowels. It's just hard to remember because I think about Hilo a lot more. Well, then she calls me up. I hate Halo. I'm like, what the hell is Halo? <laughs> All right. Back, okay. Now we've been. Now I want to end on a good note huh. here. I'm fortunate that we can do that. Although not really, but I'll explain that later. Now, 
we've been saying that in the early chapters, you know, the, the, the fix starts off very strong and, you know, it's, it's the characters acknowledging, the, you know, the emotional turmoil, you know, they've been wound up and they're becoming unraveled. And the only complaint I have is that as you, you go through it, you know, even if it's natural, it's a bit too emotional at times and it seems a bit too repetitive. And we've been saying that at some point, Keza will find her stride. At some point, Keza will gel, cut her hair, put in contacts, turn around, and everything will be fine. So I'm reading through the thing. I was just scared for a moment that I lost you all and was talking to myself. But like, <laughs> like, now, I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm actually not reading. I'm driving. I'm listening. I'm listening. There was an arc moment at one point. Now, we're, we've moved past that. And they decide they're going to go and get the Grangers. Yes. Okay. Now, let me get this out of the way first. At this point, I'm a little disappointed with the way the Granger thing went. I was hoping the Grangers would be pissed, because I would probably be pissed. I was hoping there would be angst with the Grangers. You know, that was not right. You did not take your parents and whack them over the head with a frying pan and stick them in Australia and make them think they are Lutherans or whatever the hell she did. Like, I, I was hoping for that. Do we get some of that later? Spoilers. I don't remember. think so. Like that was I. I misheard someone last week. I heard someone tell me we were going to get that, and I heard them tell me that Bert was a man. So I misread a lot from last week. I was a little disappointed because you know what it was. This seemed very canon. Like this is how it would exactly happen in canon. I was just hoping we get a little bit more angst. And yeah, more. I always. I was hoping I, we'd be in the room when she got them because we just took the longest bus ride ever to get there. So I was kind of hoping to see it. <laughs> yeah, like I always, I, I was talking last week about how different people going off of the end of canon when there's no more canon coming. It's all based on how people interpreted the canon, and so mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how people, you know, how differently people interpreted what Hermione did to her parents. And I said I, I've read Fix where her intention was, you know, that this was irreversible or. That would have been very interesting if it was irreversible. Yeah, I've, I've definitely read fix that, assu- that the person apparently read DH and assumed that this was irreversible and that Hermione it's would never see her parents. clearly again. wasn't the case. Well, it clearly I wasn't, know, but it, would have been, know, it probably would have been more than a, cha- a paragraph I was or surprised at how many that they went there. actually mm-hmm. thought that. that well, no, I'm picturing, you know, like the, the plot line from after the end took an entire fic where she's trying to fight to get her parents back. And I'm, yeah, that's I, what I kind of expected from this. I you know, I would be. You know what it was? I felt like the entire trip to Australia was to get them, and I feel like it kind of was. It like, played. why was there all this Australia if there wasn't that much? You know? Well, no, why we weren't in the room when they went in to get them. You know, they they, they barricaded. It would be themselves. like, but it would be like it would be like if Battlestar Galactica ended and they got to Earth. And it was like the end of. You the mean like the like, end of Star Trek Voyager? Is like hello Earth. Yes. The end. It's, you know, yeah. like you've seen the, last, the ending of Star Trek Voyager. It'd be like if, if Ryan, if my point is, I think that there's so much build up to yes. them getting the Rangers. It seems like I, even though like this was what we knew yeah. they were going to do all along, I would still like to see some payoff. Now, here's and the there thing. is a certain amount of drama around that, though. It's it's not yeah. with them afterwards, but I mean, they barricade themselves. Well, in no, the I'm, I'm getting to that right now. My my thing was th- my, my complaint about was they don't speak. We don't hear them say anything. They look tanned. That's all we got. You know, that's why I was surprised there was a conversation where there was something about possums or whatever. Because I yeah, like I've spoke. seen so many fics where oh. her parents are angry. You know, like yes. she has this magic that they don't have, and 
<laughs> you know, this is like something oh. that they can't even imagine. All right, now here. But Wait, here's I want to go ahead and apologize for my my slip up a few moments ago. <laughs> I try, I try, and yet I fail. Oh, no, that's right. Now here's the thing. Now Keza right now is beating her head over something. Now the the point is, if we're not going to go that way, you need something pretty damn good as a substitute for why you didn't go that route with the Rangers. Right now. Speaking of Keza reaching her stride, I would like to provide the following. Finding a place to stay wasn't difficult. Actually, is this the right section? Hold on. Who the hell is Mavis? Hold on. What the hell was that? <laughs> it was quite the fun sound. It's a Cylon. Okay. Where'd you go? Hang on, hold on. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Yes. Okay. Hello. Let me, find, let me find the thing here. Hang on. What's going on? What are you doing? Here we go. Aaron, did you just call me mom? No. no he said, what's, what's, going what's going on? Going on. Okay, here we go. So this is Keza Research. Sorry, you right? It started out well enough. Hermione had greeted her parents and politely explained she was there about the inheritance matter. The rest of them were supposed to wait down the street. Harry really didn't think it was Ron's fault that he managed to get stung by Billywig and levitated down the road right in front of Hermione's unobliviated parents. I'm just picturing Ron is like a giant float in the Macy's Day right. Parade going down the street. <laughs> Nor was it George's fault that he actually felled the gum tree in which Ron had anchored himself. Anyone can make a simple mistake with spell pronunciation. It certainly wasn't Ginny's fault that the spell she cast to cushion the impact conjured an incredibly large purple cushion in the front of the dental surgery. That could happen to anyone. It definitely wasn't Harry's fault that he didn't know how to deal with the aura sent by the Australian Ministry to sort out the problem, who were young, female, and rather taken with him. Anyone could have understood Ginny's brain. Pressing need to send a Dissungo hex at them, whatever the hell that is. Dissungio. Dissungio. That's the teeth one. The teeth one. By the time a healer had been summoned to fix their teeth, a team of wizards had obliviated all the muggles who had seen the giant purple cushion, and a witch with expertise in fixing magical accidents had put the gum tree back. It was mid-afternoon. Hermione's parents had barricaded themselves in their surgery. Hermione was reluctant to frighten them with any further breaking and using magic. Everyone was still floating six feet above the ground. I <laughs> was surrounded by several charms to make him completely unnoticeable to the muggles. So picturing Ron floating by with a giant sheet over his head or something. Like a ghost. Like a ghost. I just thought the entire thing was... And, like, honestly, the any time the scene takes itself too seriously going forward, Ron just floats by hello <laughs> don't upset her mind he like goes too far he's floating over like the back of the house he's don't trying to swim the, uh, three ministry wizards filling out paperwork in triplicate on clipboards clipboards <laughs> anyone you know no uh-uh. no one that we know and well then it's like the umbrage woman now Ginny isn't allowed to do magic in Australia anymore like that's pretty bad when you're forbidden to do magic in Australia anymore and then she's Hi. like this is ridiculous I just was able to get my I just turned 17 I'm fine I know how to do magic and they're like there was a giant purple cushion <laughs> shut up <laughs> Strap! and then like even like later in the scene they're all sitting down to dinner and Ron's just floating in the corner because <laughs> He's apparently really susceptible. He's very buoyant. He's very <laughs> buoyant. Very buoyant. 
and Peon Cast had just finished the Thinking Cap series where the uh, founders were disembodied voices in the Thinking Cap, and so this line really got me. Oi, Ron's disembodied voice floated down. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Hello. I just thought that was absolutely fantastic. Like, I think I would have enjoyed a little bit more, you know, obviously if we had seen the Grangers and seen the reactions. But, but like, okay, we're going to do this in one. You know what happened? They were Puthuanians. Yeah. That's, that's how exactly Puth would go rescue people in Australia. <laughs> Look how long it took us to call Keza's house. Hope Keza never needs rescuing. Exactly. I just thought that the entire scene was absolutely, from, from start to finish, it was absolutely fantastic. I think that was one of the best scenes I've read in a long time. I, I think that needs to be one of the next, next Maxster fix. I think it does. Well, there's not a lot of dialogue so much as it's up. Like, yeah, that's all description. It is. All right. We, we didn't do a play this week. I think we should do a play every week. What play should we do this week? Hmm. Oh, and Harry buys Ginny a dog that can't stand up on its own. Did they name it after Tonks? Yeah, Dora. <laughs> We're naming it Tonks? They name everything after dead people. They name the dog, they name their kids. Ryan, if I die, don't name your dog after me. <laughs> Why are you dying? <laughs> I'm not I'm dying. I'm not dying. I'm just saying. It seems kind of she's, weird to be just, like, uh, like I can just, just imagine sure. I can just imagine Tonks looking down from heaven and being like, gee, they named the dog after <laughs> the, the clumsy, the clumsy, awkward dog. Not, yeah. not like, like a Ryan, cool dog. You don't you name some mutt after me. You name your firstborn daughter after me. You want me to name my kid P.S.? <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. What I'm just meaning is like, you know, some... You know, I can some, name my child Michael Elizabeth. Some mutt. You know, like, that's not really... Is that really a good, a good, um, a good, uh, what do you call it, honor to be named Well, then you have the whole thing here, too. <laughs> where Tonks is dead, right? Tonks and Remus are dead, but because of the liberal mainstream mainstream media or whatever, her son is being portrayed in the media as, like, Harry's bastard child. Like, it's awful. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like no one can Tonks figure out. Tonks is rolling over in her grave. Like, seriously, oh, yeah. no one, and they, and when the Quibbler publishes an article saying it's Harry's godson, the, like, the prophet Reminds has me of Ryan Jack. stumbling over explaining Lee to people. Well, that was true, too. It's my son's <laughs> friend. I'm like the kid from Parenthood, trying to explain who he is. Just this kid I have pictures of. You ought to make it sound as creepy as possible. Be like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this kid I got pictures of for personal use. Now look well. at them and think... Thoughts. Aaron's kind of wigging me out. Anyone else show hands? <laughs> Aaron's a very good actor. That was very good acting. I'm a little disturbed. Yep. Right I'll now. have to get you in Master Pick. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do a scene right now. Where's a good scene? The old creepy guy from Family Guy. Are we doing that one? Let's do the ARG scene. The ARG scene? Yeah. What chapter is that? Just search for A A A A. And I want I want Aaron to play George. Oh my god, shows up actually twice. Okay, there it is. Aaron's Where? playing George. Ginny Harry George. Poor George is in his ear problems. You had no idea. You totally <laughs> forgot he was disabled. Bill. I did, but now that I remember I feel bad for him. But what I and it just kind of disappears is that Ginny gives him two ears. Yeah, and Hermione's like, wow, that's really cool. Can you make them smaller? And she's like, yeah, probably. But she doesn't do it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, my thing was, if you wanted the other ear back, couldn't you just do a similar spell? And... Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if she can do it, why didn't she do it? That's not right. She's a cruel person. Yeah. Well, you have to love Hermione in here, too, that some people just want to elope. And she's like, well, don't you want to have it be nice? Don't you want to do it right? 
Well, well aren't they doing it right? Oh, crap! I look yeah. mean! There is the fact yeah. that Ginny gets all her magic. She's not allowed to do magic in Australia anymore, so she can't go casting ears at this point. Exactly. It's true. So who, who's in this? Who's in this? Do they have to take the bus all the way back to the airport? Okay. George, Harry, Ginny. George. Who am I? I'm Ginny. Harry can be Ryan. I mean, what? Ryan can be Harry. Wait, and Scott yes, can be all go. the other, any other guy that appears as Scott. Bill. Okay. Bill and Ron. To, to narrate again? Sure. And you can also be Hermione. Hold on. I am Harry? Yes. How many so other you two are, are in love again. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is acting. We're professionals. <laughs> okay. That was harsh. Well, what do you want me to say? How far are we planning on going? I don't want to end up like your bird. Goes on for half the chapter. Yeah, we need an exit strategy. How about right after she vanishes the ears? Pretend you're a pirate. <laughs> That's not how it is. <laughs> the cry ripped through the still air of the campsite. Shattering the early morning stillness, Harry raised his head briefly from the pillow he'd conjured to see George clutching his head on either side while Ginny stood over him with her wand out. He smirked and laid his head back down, burrowing into the warm sleeping bag Ernie's mum had sent with the food. He wasn't alone for long. Morning, Harry. Morning. He mumbled to Ginny, his eyes still closed. Something landed on his chest with a thump and expelled his breath with a soft oomph. Don't oomph, Ryan. Oomph. <laughs> Is that how you greet me on my birthday? Ginny asked, inches from his face. On my 17th birthday, Mr. Potter. Harry could feel the tip of her wand resting on his cheek, and he smiled, opened his eyes, and looked straight into hers. The sun creeping over the horizon cast a soft light on her features and glittered off her hair. He could see clearly the dusting of freckles across her pink cheeks and the tip of her nose. Her eyes sparkled with mischief, and if he'd had any breath left, it would have been taken away at the sight of her. Good morning, beautiful. Happy birthday. Her soft pink lips curved into the faintest of smiles. Nicely saved, Harry. She melted into him and pressed her lips to his. Very graphic. (laughs) (laughs) Harry thought having his arms trapped in his sleeping bag while Ginny Weasley lay on top of him, kissing the life out of him, was perhaps the most exquisite torture known to wizard kind. I'm a little uncomfortable right now. He moaned softly into her mouth, wanting to do so much more than just kiss her. Ew. He tried to <laughs> for his arms so that he could run his hands up her back and into her hair. I feel like I'm he taking nearly- my sister to the dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. He nearly came undone when she made a delightful little noise and dropping <laughs> on red both hands to his hair. <laughs> Somehow, despite the cumbersome sleeping bag, he found her underneath him and his hands quite free to plunge into her hair and grip her waist. He was just about to slip one hand under the waistband of her jeans and go exploring. And <laughs> <laughs> the moment was ruined by George. Thank God. I can hear you. Not only can I see you, but I can hear you. Every last little noise. Very stuff. Abruptly, and lifted his head from where he'd been doing something quite delightful to Ginny's neck. Ginny made a strangled noise of discontent. George. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sirius was glaring at them, two enormously large ears growing from the sides of his head, the lobes almost touching the ground as he sat on his own sleeping bag. Harry put his forehead down on Ginny and began to chuckle. <laughs> well, if he doesn't want me to hear so much, he deserves to hear exceptionally well to make up for it. Uh-oh. George made a disgusted noise as Harry bent his head once again to Ginny's neck. Nice work. <laughs> oh, stop it, you two. Oi, knock it off, you lot. Harry looked up quizzically, but didn't have to wait long before Bill poked his head out of his tent. <laughs> his hair was mussed, and he looked flushed and particularly unhappy. Ron and Hermione soon emerged from the other tent. Knock what off, George? Whoa. I can hear every noise you lot are making, you know. It's not pleasant. I disagree. From this side. How'd you get those ears, mate? His girlfriend did this to me. George said in an accusatory tone, pointing at Harry as if it was his fault. Harry struggled to sit up, his legs still tangled in the sleeping bag. Oh, that's nice. You've disowned me now. I'm not your sister anymore, just his girlfriend. It's only a matter of time, Ginny, before you belong to him. We may as well get used to it. Harry saw Ginny scowl at her brother and began fingering her wand as he put a hand up to stop her. She looked at him, her eyes full of fury, but he begged her silently to keep still. George looked up at Ginny, an unreadable expression on his face. Used to be our little Jin-Jin, and it was our job to protect you, take care of you, and look after you, to love you. Ginny's face softened as she got up and went over to George, curling herself in his lap. Bill emerged from the tent, then, buttoning the waistband of his jeans, his shirt slung over his shoulder. George continued. But now you're all grown up and legal, and it's not our job anymore. Bill stood looking at them, shivering slightly in the frigid morning air. You're not a little Ginny anymore. Ron softly said as she hugged George, somehow managing to work around his massive ears. Not our girl. You're his girl. That's the way we like it. So does Charlie. Percy's in denial. Added George, managing to lay his head on Ginny's shoulder, flicking his left ear out of the way. Fred, he he wanted you to be with Harry. We wanted you to be Harry's girl if you couldn't be ours anymore. Ginny smiled fondly at George. I'm still your little sister, your little Jin-Jin. Even now I'm all grown up. You're still my big brothers. I love you. Harry smiled softly as Ron knelt next to Ginny and George and put his arms around them. Happy birthday, Jenny. I'll join them only a moment later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bill joined them, but only a moment later, the four of them tangling in a heap. Happy birthday, gorgeous. Congratulations. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you're hurting my ears. Harry laughed as they separated and George looked up at him. You'll look after our girl, won't you, Harry? Yeah, I'll look after your girl. Bill looked at Harry. Why then, are we laughing? An odd expression on his face that Harry couldn't quite decipher, and Ginny smiled at him from George's lap, where she finally stroked his oversized ears as he scowled at her <laughs> and begged her to take them off. I'm sorry, I have Ferengi flashbacks here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Quark speaking, can I help you? I think we killed this one, but I just have to say I love the fact that they're all like, we, the Mees- Weasley men, Authorize you, Harry James Potter, to touch our sister. Yeah. Management. It's just like in all the fix where, like the fic where um, Harry turns Hermione over to Ron. And then says, Ron, I got you some balls. <laughs> Here you go, Ron. Happy birthday. Exactly. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. It's hard to believe that didn't go over well. George, it's your line. George! Sorry, I, I was, was... You're staring at the iPad, we understand. <laughs> no, well, actually, uh... Aaron's in love. Again, Turn damn around. you, sir. Damn you. Turn around. It's sexy. Ryan or the iPad? The iPad. 
Oh, okay, well, just was, checking. <laughs> I was like this with a Kindle for like a week before I got it. I was I, I had the, the the window open all the time. I would look at it and debate, you know, internally. You know, like well, you get it, but you can't do this with it. But it's, it's so cool. It's so, oh, but it's just such so oh, so good. Oh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> that was not that kind of oh, Aaron. Well, no, it's like PS. It's like shipping PS Aaron and Aaron Kindle iPad. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's a. It's a, it's Ooh, a is a, that a, like? going to be like a love triangle? Like, I'm, is, is is Kindle I'm shipping Keza. <laughs> PS is shipping Aaron. Aaron shipping his Kindle and his iPad. I'm oh very confused. We have four of these left. Well, I had to show. do an awkward scene with Ryan. I know, and P.S. and I had a sex <laughs> scene together. It's the strangest <laughs> puff way yet. Like, you chose the seed. It's your fault. Yeah, it's, I think I'll need a tagline. Episode 109, Ryan and P.S. have a sex scene. Listen now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me tell Keza, P.S. and I have a sex scene in this episode. The best, uh, <laughs> the best thing is that's uh, when Melinda read smut on uh, yep. what was that? What did uh, Melinda say last week that was a total oh, screw-up on her part? She said we didn't have sex. Yeah, so, to me, I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> Or no, 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 no. She said we had sex, referring to another fic. She was like, we had sex before or something. Keza writes back, something. face pop. <laughs> oh, dear. I yeah. wrote it down, but I don't see Did you tell her it was a play? No, of course he didn't. Why would he do that? <laughs> that I guess the thing sense. with Phil still being uncomfortable and having the whole conversation at the end of the chapter, he missed that conversation that George was having at the beginning of the chapter because he was still in the tent getting his belt on. <laughs> Is that what Is we're that calling it now? <laughs> Wow, that's that's a new one for me, there, Scott. I've never heard that particular euphemism. That's how they do it in Canada, several thousand miles from the border of the United States. Learn something new every day. Oh, I resp- felt on. Just to keep everyone. It informed. says he was buckling it up as he came out, so obviously had to put it on. Enormous amount of time to buckle. It took him several minutes, during which his belt wasn't necessarily on his body, but he was still working on buckling it. It was, it was buckling very it's hard. A, it's, a, it's a new euphemism. I learned a new. All right, I'm, pu- oh, I'm pasting the um, conversation I'm having with. Keza for everyone's review. Oh, no. oh poor Keza. <laughs> would be about that. Come in. <laughs> well, they are on their honeymoon. I just will never forget what the tour guide on my honeymoon said. We had, we, we had all, yeah, we had all the um, honeymoon couples on the bus and it's our last night and, he, and he's like I, I hope you our honeymooners have enjoyed their stay in Ireland and have you know many Irish children Many of whom hopefully have been conceived right here in Mother Country. (laughs) (laughs) We're all looking at each other like, I know what you did. (laughs) You realize that was an Indian accent that you did. I can't do Irish. I spent a week there. All I can do is I do the guy from Quickie I hope you all have many Irish children. (laughs) I know, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Come again. (laughs) (laughs) It's awful. Well, I I was the only one trying to do an accent in this scene. Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. what that was. That's because my my British accent is laughable. I was trying to do it, and I think to my ears at least, it sounds all right. We appreciated it very much. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Scott is trying to be so gracious, but it's obviously. Yeah, Ron and Bill unfortunately sound 
quite similar in that bit, but... Oh, well, oh, well. you know, they're brothers. They would. I think we've crashed the bus here. Uh, we'll be back next week. What are we doing next week? 22, though? Yeah, they go back to Britain. We're no longer in that crazy place with all the, the kangaroos. And- Is it true that they eat kangaroos? Yes. It must yes, be, Keza. if Keza put it in there. Yes, Keza, if she's eaten a kangaroo lately. Probably not every single person in Australia will eat kangaroos, but it's probably... I bet, I bet she's eaten it before. But I bet it's she like eats it about as often as we eat steak. They eat gator in, in Florida, so why not? Eat gator other places, too, but yeah. Hold on, so I don't you particularly eat, like do you gator. eat gator, Aaron? I've had gator, I can count the number of times I've had gator in my entire life on one hand, so no, not, not Me regularly. too. You know what I mean? Like bison or venison or turtle soup or something, it's what you you can have, and people might have it occasionally, but they don't eat that's it like for every meal. parts of the South, they eat squirrel. You know, that's what Brunswick stew is, is it's got squirrel, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, the traditional does. Right. So, but, uh, you know, people are crazy. Because I has not eaten a kangaroo in six years. Oh. Yeah. Mm. There you go. On that yeah. very bizarre note, I'm not really sure, you know, whether it's a high or a low. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Waffles are also good. We like them. <laughs> there was a, a friend of mine who made waffles, and he has a secret recipe that he won't share with anybody, but it has pineapple juice in it. But that's the only thing he'll tell us that's in it. My grandmother okay. used to put raw bacon strips and then cook the bacon in the waffles while it cooked. Alrighty. Sounds delicious. I was really fond of that one. You know, you can't go bad with bacon. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I really Nobody ever died from me to talk to. That voodoo donut. Oh, really? Say I could have. Oh, really, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> How could bacon kill someone? Bacon is delicious. <laughs> well, what did bacon no, ever do to you, you Kelly? Eat, as your arteries <laughs> harden just by talking about it. Right. <laughs> bacon, 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 bacon! Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Bacon, 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 and Aaron lives what eight feet above sea level, something like that. I, if that, <laughs> I live like ten miles from the port of Tampa. It's really not that far. If there's a tsunami in the Gulf of Mexico for some reason, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I of course, that, the odds of that if there's a tsunami, low, in, but... if there's a tsunami in the Gulf of Mexico, you know, all the oil will just cover the entire state of Florida. There you go. There's all these like funny things that people like. Well, you know, if there's a in the right condition. There's a water spout and some lightning. Like it'll suddenly turn to this flaming tornado of death. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But it's worth. That would be kind of cool. It's, it's horrific enough to really be worth fearing. I think. Aaron, that will only Flaming happen tornado if Jen comes to visit. <laughs> if Jen well, comes... Well, fortunately, there's no plans for that. Tidbit of the day. Jade, who is Tom Felton's girlfriend, is his wife in Death of the Hallows in the epilogue. Yes, she's the story. 
they cast her as Astoria. <laughs> so we have the flaming tornado of hell. Death. Death. <laughs> death of death. <laughs> yes. Flaming tornado of death. How about apocalyptic flaming tornado of death? Okay. There you go. There we go. We'll have to remember that for the title. <laughs> oh, dear. So you're saying okay. if Infinitus gets attacked by a dragon, you'll know there's too many Pafuanians there? You know, that might be a dragon. They're just telling the muggles that it was the flaming tornado of death. <laughs> Apocalyptic true. flaming tornado of death. That, you know, like the hurricane in the outlet. so sad looking. It's not even funny. I know. Right. <laughs> Autofic Weekly, bringing you more disasters every day. <laughs> The final frontier. These are the ramblings of the PFWP Arms. Their continuing mission to explore strange new stories, to seek out new authors and unending tangents, to boldly review where no one has done before. Welcome to Peoncast, everybody. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Kelly. And I'm Aaron. And we also have with us today Scarlet duct taped in the corner because her microphone is inaccessible at the moment. <laughs> I She's think it's funny. She just posted her have introduction this... in the chat. <laughs> it says, and I'm Scarlet. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> She's got this down. So today we are covering another fic by Keza, which we mentioned in our last Peoncast. We weren't sure whether we were going to do this one, but we decided to go for it anyway. It's the other challenge fix that Sue mentioned. This one is called The Baby Tale, and the challenge is Having My Baby Challenge on Sing It To Your Eyes, which Keza actually won with this story. So, yay. Good yeah, for her. Keza. It's pretty exciting. Woo-hoo. Best overall in the challenge. I have to say, this is amusing. This is so much a game of telephone. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. funny. Oh my gosh. Well, I like mm-hmm. the author notes. She says, yes. I'm not going to lie. I think this is a really cliched prompt, and my first instinct was no way. Then I was bitten by a plot bunny, and my goal here is to write something with this terribly cliched prompt that is not a cliche. I'm not sure how long it will <laughs> be. At least two chapters, but possibly three or four. I hope you all enjoy it. And as we, being past the writing of this big no, it ended up being four chapters. But it's still a fairly short story, so hopefully we can cover it all in this episode. That's the goal. I think I also managed to avoid the cliche fairly well, I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It starts off mm-hmm. with Ginny, and she's getting a bunch of examinations because she was feeling kind of off out on the Quidditch pitch, and Gwynig Jones has made her get pretty much the whole battery of tests, and she's just disgruntled. <laughs> well, yeah. Not only that, but they think she's pregnant or possibly could be pregnant because she just got off of her honeymoon. And she, Which is kind of funny because it's like, 
you know, if you just got back from your honeymoon, you're going to be pregnant that quick. What was going on? So I managed to like, knock so myself out. <laughs> well, they were on their honeymoon for, what, six weeks, I think? Yeah, it was a long time. Wow. That's a lot of chances to get pregnant. That's a, a lot long of honeymoon. I love that she snuck into St. Mungo's because she doesn't want anybody to know. And the healer that she has is this pimply-faced kid that's just out of school, and he faints at the sight of blood. It's just hysterical. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's a healer. <laughs> Oops. That's weird. And then Someone she the has to get out again, and she <laughs> apparently the entire place is surrounded by Weasleys. Well, she avoids Fleur at St. Mungo's. And then I'm not entirely sure why she was going to the ministry in the first place, but that is packed with Weasleys all over the place. Well, you know, there's Weasleys all over the place anyway. Yeah. You know? It's true. She was heading for the ministry because that's where Hermione was. Ah, yes, because the healer fainted, and so she didn't get the pregnancy test or some of the other tests done, but specifically the pregnancy test. I guess he was saving that for last. And because he fainted. she decides right. to ask Hermione to do it for her so she can hand that into Gwynog and still get back on the team. Right. So she's gone to ask Hermione and she's avoiding everybody as she goes up and she has to finally end up hiding in a restroom in a loo. <laughs> and Hermione comes I love the like, fact Yay! that she goes through a doorway and ends up falling six stories into a room that George happens to be in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Proving once again that in the Wizarding World you can't throw a rock and miss a Weasley. That's it's just true. you're always right. it once. <laughs> oh dear. But yes, yeah, she meets up with Hermione because she's trying to figure out where she can go next to try and find her, and Hermione just happens to come into the restroom, so she ambushes her. And of course, Hermione has no clue how to do a pregnancy potion, but says, "We could do a Muggle one," and so off they are to the pharmacy. And And wait a minute, now she's in the bathroom because Charlie is there, too. Mm -hmm. He's right outside, yep. That's like, God. (laughs) Today's the day that every Weasley in existence decided to come to the ministry. And of course, they go to the pharmacy and there's Molly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And hilarity ensues. What gets me is they're at a muggle pharmacy. Right. Yeah, she's buying a perspication for... It's for Hermione's mom. Um, oh, yeah. Jean. Yeah. And does it actually say perspe- instead of prescription? Because I was listening to it and I was like, wow, the text reader has that word messed up really bad. <laughs> no, she actually says perspication two times because okay. she's a Weasley and doesn't quite get all the muggle terms. Got it. Yeah, perspication. Yeah, perspication. Uh-huh. And Hermione <laughs> disguises the pregnancy tests that they've already found as boxes of band-aids because she works with a lot of paper and just can't live without them. So, uh, yes. Right. <laughs> paper cuts, man. No, she just worked with a lot of paper. This <laughs> seems legit to me. Mm-hmm. And then we get the other side of the coin where Harry is in his office and all of these Weasleys who are in the ministry just happen to drop by to see how things are. <laughs> well, you know, if they've been on their honeymoon, What's the first thing you're going to do to someone when they get back from their honeymoon? You're going to go so, How was it? <laughs> <laughs> With lots of nudges and winks and nods. Uh, and I have to just, say yeah. that I really like the way that Keza goes from one perspective to the other. Mm-hmm. She does this in a lot of her stories. 
And I just like the way that she does it. It's really good. Well, it works in this case because of the parallel between the two of them having to avoid all these Weasleys. Except, of course, Harry's in his office, so he's in one spot, and then they all keep coming to him. Right. Arthur wanders in. Morning! <laughs> How's it going? Excellent, and- excellent. <laughs> Did you have a good honeymoon? Is there- Did you like the wink and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Would you like Harry's to like- talk like, to your father-in-law? It's like, uh, hi. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, he really yeah. does, I mean, later in the sec, but... Oh, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Awkward. That's what Scarlet like, says. Awkward. Is there something I can Awkward. do for you? I'll just be going again. Okay. times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it was a friend of mine, she was my roommate, who got married, and she, she was on her way over to his parents' house. She must have been, uh-huh. I don't know, four or five months pregnant at the time or something like this. And she had him stop the car. He's like, what's the problem? And she says, I just realized something. They know what we've been doing. Bubba chicka bow wow. <laughs> I was like, that's a little obvious. No, really? Like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Honeymoon, you kind of expect it, sort of. Maybe. She's extremely pregnant. And it's yeah. like, Sharon, right now is not the time to come to that realization. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> does the word duh mean anything to you? <laughs> well, it's like uh, Ryan yeah. says, you know, Ginny's going to show up seven months pregnant and Ron's going to come over and clobber Harry because he's finally figured <laughs> out what they've been doing. <laughs> right? You got her pregnant. <laughs> How did you do that? Uh, it was a story. Man, you don't want to be having this conversation with me. <laughs> The storm <laughs> Enchanted cabbage oh leaves. Oh my. Yes, there you go. <laughs> That's where the cabbage patch dolls come from, right? Uh, right. Enchanted cabbage leaves? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Why not? That makes sense. <laughs> or something. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh no. First Scarlet is a plot buddy. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That's okay, Scarlet. You write it. We'll pee on cast on it next time. <laughs> She's vetoing. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't trust. It's true, us. you have. It's very sad. So I like that Percy was the next one in, and Harry's trying to be boring, and then he realizes that, you know, Percy likes This boring. is Percy. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I trust your holiday was restful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My honey, my and finally, Harry's like. I'll tell Molly you came in to ask me questions. It's okay. You can go. <laughs> out the door he flees. Out the door. Yes. I like his phrasing, actually. I'll let her know you've dropped by and passed the time of day and I'm still alive. And Percy scuttled out <laughs> yeah. of Harry's office. <laughs> Faster than Ron confronted with a spider. I did like that. Mm-hmm. They talked about the spiders in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter special and about how Rupert Grinch is... <laughs> Arachnophobic. I had to stand on a box. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Guess that was talking about life and the casting there. Oh wow, that's yeah. Funny. And apparently Dan was giving him a hard time about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah." As well, he <laughs> should. Of, of them, he did. <laughs> friends should make fun of their friends if they have stupid phobias. Right. Well, you know, I'm not really happy with spiders either, but I have that problem with ants. Well, they're not huggable or anything, but. 
I have a friend who's afraid of spiders, and being a good Hufflepuff, when my preschoolers made spider plates, you know, we took paper plates and we painted them and we added legs and stuff. We made extra ones, and I made him hang it next to his bed. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> he didn't appreciate me. I don't know why. No, I don't. Gee, I don't I like wonder. ants. I put up with spiders because they eat ants, but I'm not a real big. I mean, I'm not one of those scream like a little girl and run away with my hands over my head, but. I don't like them. I actually don't really have a phobia phobia, as in irrational fear of things. I, I don't think I have an irrational fear of much. Death. You have only <laughs> fully rational fears. Yeah. Yeah, I have rational fears. I don't have irrational fears. But, like you don't fear the super flu or the uh, apocalyptic uh, death tornado of flaming or whatever it was, flaming tornado of death. There we yes, go. Because, uh, well, you know, I, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't stand there and go, oh, look, there's an apocalyptic flaming tornado of death approaching. <laughs> I would run. <laughs> Ooh, shining. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. We were in the tornado and everybody else was running and round and scurrying. And mom and I stood there and went, wow, Ooh, this is wow. really cool. <laughs> yes, that, that would be me. That would be me, but I would try to get out of the way, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it it's right coming straight at me. Maybe we should move. <laughs> huh. Moving is for the week. Yeah, it was fun. Nebraska. Was yes. cool. Admiring from a distance is good. We're way off course. So, interesting sick we're covering. Uh, I think it's called <laughs> The Baby Tale. The Baby Tale. Not sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's good. okay. I just decided to pull a Kelly there. That's all good. Moving right along. So next up is Bill. And Bill, Bill comes in. He just sort of stands there. He's like, so. <laughs> and Harry's like, just ask the question. I just wanted to make <laughs> yes. sure you were okay. You know, I'm here if you need to uh, talk about anything. <laughs> yeah. It just leaves. <laughs> and then Charlie comes. Mm-hmm. My, my. My, my, my. <laughs> why, uh, my question is, why are they coming by? Just to irritate him? I, I think mean, Molly sent them. You think Molly sent them? Mm-hmm. I think yep. Molly sent them. They all have to them. check up on him. <laughs> because they've been home for about a week and nobody's heard from them. So Molly sent mm-hmm. out the family. Molly <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, herself went to a muggle pharmacist. Right. Well, but yes. They like he's gotten used to this by now. So when Charlie comes in, he's like, yes, I did have a good trip. Thank you. It was great. Really great. Charlie's <laughs> like, oh, uh, well, that's good. Um uh, haven't seen you in a while. Thought we should, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> talk about dragons. It's like dragons. I love dragons. <laughs> and then we get George. Who is I love George. Just hysterical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did anybody else? That's my favorite brother-in-law. Way? I'm your only brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to say? Oh yeah, there's. I was gonna say. Did anybody else notice that this seems to be in the same world as Rebuilding Life? Apparently, it is. Yes. I didn't actually notice that, but people in the reviews mentioned it, and she said, yeah, she actually meant for it to be in the same world, this one. It wasn't obvious in the first chapter, but in the second chapter, I think there's a reference to an original character of hers from Rebuilding Life, and Scarlet makes a point that it's a good standalone as well, and it is, but it's interesting that she put her fix in the same world. It it makes perfect sense, too, because it takes place about, I don't know, two or three years after Rebuilding Life. Well, she's most comfortable with that universe, too, so why not? Sure. Well, then she doesn't have to invent other characters and more backstory that she would otherwise just have ready-made. Right. Yeah. You'll have to point it out to me when we come across the references, because I didn't actually notice them. George is fun, though. 
George has shown up and is calling him short, uh, excuse me, vertically challenged, and his favorite mm-hmm. brother-in-law and all of that. And then he says very quickly, I want to know how many times you did it. And Harry's yeah. like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> how many times I, what? No, I'm not telling you that. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. George keeps going on, and Harry is just getting more and more aggravated, and then Ron wanders in, and, oh yeah, I'd like to know too, and it turns out what he's really talking about, <laughs> though I think George made it the other way on purpose. Oh yeah. But what yes, they're really asking about is how many times has he called Ginny my wife in the uh-huh. weeks they've been gone? Or Mrs. Because they noticed, mm-hmm, they noticed at the wedding that he kept doing that a lot, so they're wondering. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's but what yeah, Ron George is wondering. That's not what George is wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Ron says, George, if you've turned this into a sex question again, so help me. <laughs> George is like, me? Never. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> Stop asking Harry about his sex life. It's just icky. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> yeah, this big guy. Mm-hmm. It's just icky. It's like, did you say that? Really? <laughs> you can just see him mm-hmm. shudder and cringe as he does it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they tell him it's endearing that he kept saying that. And Harry calls them a couple uh-huh. of girls and says, just go find your manliness and don't come back until you do. Or what, says George. <laughs> I'll send my wife after you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd get him out. <sighs> So we move on to the second chapter, and we have poor Jenny who's staring at the sticks for the pregnancy test and isn't sure exactly what to do, and Hermione's banging on the door. Have you finished yet? No. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love that Hermione has spellow ticked the directions to the wall. I would mm-hmm. Yes. How to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's Hermione. But Ginny really doesn't want to know, because what if it turns out she is pregnant? She's insistent that she's not, but she doesn't want it to say anything different. Right. She comes out of the bathroom and says, that's the most humiliating thing I've ever done. And Hermione says, well, it's more embarrassing to have the actual baby, so don't get too hissy fitting yet. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out it does actually come out negative. And she's a little bit disappointed, because she kind of worked herself up to, what if I really am pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. Scary. That idea. What? Being a parent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that age. It's true. And, you know, it's something that she well, and Harry have talked about and something that they decided that they're going to wait on. But at the same time, these things happen, especially if you've been on that wound. Well, true. you know, Lily and James had Harry when they were 20. That's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And in wartime as well. Yeah. So There's a lot of similarities there, yeah. I don't know if this is fanon or canon, but I always had the sneaking suspicion that Bill was a short-term baby, if the, <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Just um, as Molly and Arthur were sneaking around at school, does not mean. Oh, I know, but they got married right out of school, too, and I just have this really strange feeling that Bill was a short-term baby. Yeah, he was only gestating for seven months, right? Uh-huh. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a short it's a term. miracle. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's premature. Yeah. There you go. It's just a really big premature baby. Anyway, so Jenny finds out she's not pregnant. Right. 
And she and Hermione have a talk about when, you know, they were thinking about maybe after two years, you know, after she's played for the Harpies and... And they clear up that you wouldn't automatically have to quit the Harpies if you were a mother, but she doesn't really want to do what the one uh, chaser has done and have to try and balance both. Right. By the way, there's something interesting there. I don't know. You never know what line it is in a fic that's going to send you off on a weird tangent. But I started thinking in detail, like, what would actually be involved if you were to have a pregnant seeker or something or a pregnant Quidditch player? And, you know, how you would think that normally you're not allowed to have any kind of shielding charm or anything on anybody. Maybe they make a special exemption if there's, like, a pregnant player. Anyway, my mind went all sorts of weird places with that. <laughs> I mean, but the strange yeah. scenarios. Well, I think that... Yeah. rules. I could see having a pregnant beater uh-huh. because you have the bat to defend you. Yeah. Uh-huh. But having a pregnant chaser or a pregnant keeper, no. I was thinking about it. They could have some sort of limited shielding spell that would specifically protect their abdomen. But that kind of spell would normally be illegal because right. you don't want any kind of artificial thing getting in the way. It's not like curling, you know, where it's a low-impact <laughs> sport. Right. Slightly more high-impact than curling. <laughs> Now, yeah, they so. careen into each other and spiral down to the ground. Yeah, I would not huh. want to be pregnant playing Quidditch. No, yeah, Quidditch apparently this game. one. Apparently there was a safety spell, and this Gladys or whoever Retreat. she was playing under a safety spell for three months. Yeah, not Gladys. Sorry. So we don't know exactly how long she'd been pregnant for at that point that she'd started using the safety spell for three months. That was at the end of the last season, and she hasn't started again for this season because she's due any moment now. But in a few months, she's planning to come back. Right. So. I could see maybe being able to play in the first few months of pregnancy, but once you started to show, you mm-hmm. couldn't write It'd be a in the way. It'd just be in the way. Yeah. You know? It just would. But yeah, I can see why you would go off on a tangent like that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting concepts to I'll think about. Really- we kind of blew past it when we were going through, but I liked that Ginny kind of, she doesn't realize that she actually really wants to be pregnant with Harry's baby. She starts crying, even, that you know, she's not pregnant. That she's not. She's a little disappointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been insisting this whole time that she isn't pregnant, but she's kind of worked herself up to the possibility. In. Yeah. She's disappointed. Hermione says, but I thought you didn't want to be pregnant. And she said, so did I. And Hermione said, yeah, but you do, mm-hmm. don't you? And she said, I think it would have been nice. I still don't know if I'm ready for a baby, but yeah, Harry's baby. So, well, there's time. <laughs> yeah, there is. Harry Just is pretty not awesome. right now. Right, yeah. So Ron comes in at the end of this conversation. Apparently, Hermione says something about you know he's totally going to operate to France for a pregnancy-induced chocolate eclairs at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and Ron hears this and says, "Harry would do what and why? What did you do?" <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So now she's gonna say. I thought I was pregnant, and I'm not. Right. So Ron and Hermione know the truth. Well, Ginny. It's a good thing that she told Ron, because she just threw this stuff in the trash can. And you know yeah, that Ron, Ron's going to be wandering into that bathroom at some point going, oh, We're pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good mm. thing they let him in on this secret. But he's going to think it's Hermione's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he might not recognize them, though. Would he know what a muggle pregnancy test looks like? I don't know. Probably not, but he can read. Yeah, I guess the instructions are there, too. Yeah. (laughs) Ron wigged out. Ah! Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) It says, contrary to fandom belief, Ron can read, yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've missed something here. She wrote a note. 
Yeah, she sent Where a note I... to Harry saying that they were going to dinner at Molly's because Molly cornered her into going to dinner when they were at the pharmacy. And she did that in the first chapter, and I missed it. No, she just uh, now did it. Oh, just now? Yeah. Can I borrow the... a pig, please? And then she sent him a Oh, okay. The problem yeah. was the note that she sent. Wait a minute. i got to find it. So while you're finding that, Go ahead. Harry is finishing the last report on his desk, and he's all excited because he might actually get to go home early, and mm-hmm. that's when Pig shows up. Yes. Unless he was inexplicably accosted by another Weasley. Yeah, well, you know, they're hiding all around looking for him. Did somebody say Ron Weasley? <laughs> Counting out how but many yes. times he's done it. Pig shows up with Ginny's note, but before he manages to get that, he gets a memo airplane. And he's decided that he's going to just tuck the memo into his pocket because he doesn't want to stay any longer. And if he pretends like he never saw it, he can get out of the building. Right. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't look right yet. No. Nope. He heads off to the Leaky Cauldron and notices Neville talking to Hannah and they chat for a while. And unlike some people, Neville was actually <laughs> interested in where they went. Apparently somebody named Gerald is head boy at the moment. Yes. He's doing quite well. That's... But he's not a herbology type person. No. And that's the person I thought was the OC from Rebuilding Life. Gerald. Okay. I didn't take much notice of Gerald about... the first time through. Yeah. I was like, where the hell is that from? I couldn't think of any canon Gerald's. I think the name that really got me there was Chumley, because that's definitely one of the characters from Rebuilding Life. Mm-hmm. Gilbert Chumley. Gerald and yeah. Gilbert were the brothers in Rebuilding Life. So, yes. yeah, I'd forgotten yeah, that while it. I was reading that the first time. There and you they go. were both, I think, first years or something like that in that. So it would make sense that they were a few years later. Well, maybe they were third years. Who knows? Yeah. I think Gilbert was a first year and Gerald was his older brother, but they were both coming for the first time because they'd been homeschooled for a while or something. Uh, that's right. And, of course, Scarlet's thinking of Gerald from Paradigm of Uncertainty. That's where she went. And I was listening <laughs> to that earlier today, so I went there as well. <laughs> not quite the same. Nope. No, definitely not a pick last for football type of character in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... It would be amusing having that Gerald set fire to his pants in herbology, too. So. <laughs> 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 yes. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Go ahead. Pants. <laughs> Pants. <laughs> Sorry, Robert. <clears throat> yes. Apparently I mixed up the phrase there. It's just that he's really bad at herbology, which in Brit speak is also pants. I know of that. And oh, yeah. he set yeah. fire to he's something in care of magical yeah. creatures, but we don't know exactly what. It wasn't his pants. And it wasn't his <laughs> It was bow truckles. No. Poor bow truckles. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine bow truckles burn really well. I imagine they do. Uh-huh. And they probably scream mm. yeah. really high-pitched when it happens. <laughs> Awful. Uh, okay, you two. You're setting fire to wooden... Bow truckles. You know, it's, it's terrible. It's reminding me of Silence of the Lambs. Oh, no. The screaming of the bow truckles. Okay. Anyway, Harry invites Neville to... Or tea. no, he, just, he mentions that he's going to tea. I'm not sure if he invites Neville or not. Well, he knew that he had to go to tea because he was invited by the note that was in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that he goes to the borough and he knocks tentatively on the back door and Molly has a fit. <laughs> what are you doing knocking? It's like, what the hell are you doing? Your family, you don't have to knock. Get your butt in here. And then she hands him the <laughs> potato peeler. <laughs> yep. Uh, the perks and the downsides of being family. All in you get to right. come in without knocking. 
You have to peel the potatoes. And, <laughs> and Ginny storms in and says, that overgrown buffoon. And Harry says, what's Ron done now? <laughs> I don't know. So potatoes are easier to peel after they're cooked anyway. So That's true. They are. Really? You just take a towel and wipe the peel off. Okay. Anyway. Never tried that. Really? Cooking with Kelly this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <sighs> Good times. Very old. Yeah, we have cooking with Sue. Why not cooking with Kelly? That's right. Somebody the other day told me that I needed to start doing a cooking with Sue segment in the podcast. Just what we need. I think that was me. <laughs> we were talking about some other thing we were cooking. Yeah. yeah. Trisha's forever telling me she wants to come for breakfast. Yeah, that's because you make pancakes. Yes, I know. Mm, pancakes. And apples. Oh, you and then, and then eggs she- this morning. Oh, oh so good. Oh, Green chilies and some prosciutto ham. Oh, and I make really good waffles. Stop talking. Stop talking now. Anyway, Ginny is somewhat miffed and <laughs> is going to fly for blowing off steam. And Harry wonders if she hasn't done enough of that at training. And that's when it comes out that she's grounded because she has to go for these tests because she's been feeling tired. Yes, and Molly snorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Molly's already making connections. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I love Ginny's like, I'm going flying before tea and I'll come back when everyone can behave themselves. And Harry's like, I'll see you when hell freezes over. <laughs> yeah. Um, Catherine's great banter for her. Yeah. For these guys. And then he reads the scroll. This is when he finally takes out the scroll. Yeah. Yeah. And the scroll says, congratulations. You're pregnant. Positive for pregnancy. <laughs> Please come and see the midwifery department. And he's like, wait. Uh, uh. <laughs> There's pregnant? a smudge in the corner. All you can read is that it says Weasley at the end. Right. He assumes it must be mm. Ginny Weasley since there are no other Weasleys. Weasley if well, no, no, no. Because it was sent to him. Right. Well, it was sent uh, that's to true. him. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Ginny. I also think it's kind of funny of where it says Weasley. Weasley. When she's no longer Weasley, she's Potter. She's still, she's <laughs> just still legally Weasley. They, they still, touch on that. Yeah, she's yeah. still legally a Weasley. They haven't decided whether she's going to stay Ginny Weasley just for professional purposes or stay Weasley the whole time or if they're going to do the hyphenate thing or what. So they haven't made any changes uh, yet. And they haven't had it, time to do anything anyhow. Okay. I forget who he's talking to when that comes up, but it's what in one of the Weasley? earlier bits. Yeah. yeah, one of one of the boys. The mini Weasley. It was a Weasley. That's all I remember. <laughs> I like this because it's like Ginny was pregnant. That's wonderful. Terrible. Bad. Very bad. Fantastic. Yes. He's going through the gauntlet of emotions as well. Mm-hmm. Settling somewhere in the elated vicinity. Yes, Scarlet says that is so Keza. That's Keza raining right there. And he looks out the door, and she's, like, hanging upside down from her broom. And he's like, ah, I hope she'll stop that when she figures out she's pregnant. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. So Harry has just figuratively wrapped her in bubble wrap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, going for a fly has cheered her up. And now she's starving, and he doesn't have a moment to say anything right then. And so he's going to wait till after they have tea. Right. By which they probably mean something like supper, because tea can be any sort of afternoon meal, depending on what area of England you're in, or Scotland for that matter. Isn't it like the meal that's after four o'clock is considered tea? Something like that, I think. 
Apparently it has okay. all sorts of different definitions depending on who's using the term. Okay. So then we're moving on to chapter three, and we have another author's note, and it says, I just wanted to point out that although I don't own Harry and Jenny or the song involved in the songfic, this is the first I realized it was a songfic, I do own yeah, the plot and the opinion that this is about the worst song ever written. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I uh, seem to recall her telling me it was one of the worst things to come out of Canada at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so many magnificent things come out of Canada. And is the baby, well, we'll just blame Canada. The baby tale, is that the name of the song? There's even a song about that. No, that's, the song is Having My Baby. You're Having My Baby. Oh, that's the, my And that's baby. also yeah. the name of the challenge. That's the name of the challenge as well. Yeah. The only movie or media connotation that I have with that song is Look Who's Talking. Mm, okay. Wow. Because it's come up more when, recently because they used it on Glee. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't even know it existed Glee, so. before that. Yeah, well, Sorry, I don't watch Glee either. Scarlett didn't recognize it as a song fic either, so this is a well-hidden secret, this song fic. <laughs> Apparently. That's because Keza doesn't do song fics. <laughs> yep. As we mentioned last week, yes. And when she does, she doesn't do them traditionally. No. Mm-hmm. Because song fic is typically... Mm, frowned upon. What's the phrase I'm looking for here? Suck it. Cliche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, bad. The suck. <laughs> bad. Bad is a good word. There you go. <laughs> Scarlet mentions that Keza doesn't do anything lowest. traditionally, which is probably true. Yeah. Except for name. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. The last the song, song pick is quite prone to epic suck, quote unquote, from Scarlet. <laughs> there you Scarlet go. is wise. But it starts off and Ginny is throwing up and she yeah. thinks she's been poisoned by the Hollyhead cafeteria. Yep. And um, yes. Harry has given her a plate of crackers. And then he left her. She can't understand why he's left her. Right. She says his whole attitude's been ridiculous. It started last night when she was woozy and exhausted, and then this morning, and he just keeps grinning at her. She's like, what is yeah. going on? Uh, mm-hmm. I do like that they've gone through the honeymoon photographs, and Harry keeps having to explain the muggle fixtures to Arthur. Yes. Because <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a bedside lamp uh, with one of the photographs, and he has to explain it. Good old Arthur. I love him. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they get home, finally. And he goes up to run her a bath and tries to levitate her up the stairs. <laughs> I like this. The hilarious results. He says, well, you're my wife, the woman I love. And she says, George is right. He said at the wedding, if I had a nut for every time he calls you his wife, I'd be a rich, rich man. I never noticed it before. And Harry says, your face lights up when I call you that. That's just so sweet. Yeah, that was cute. Aww. Aww. <laughs> And then he's worried that she's going to trip on the stairs and is going to levitate Am I her. Quite- and this is the chapter where we start getting some more of the lyrics from the song, which is probably why she mentioned it in the author's note. Because Jenny's telling Harry he's ridiculous. She feels a bit off color, but doesn't need levitating. He's like, well, but you're having my uh, uh, rough spot. Because <clears throat> he has to stop right. himself from saying my baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're having my baby. What a lovely way of saying how much you love me. So she's woke up and she's sick. Right. Yes. Vomiting or and whatever. Harry vomit. has brought her crackers and then left. So she right. crawls over to the flu and calls Hermione, hoping that she's got something that's going to settle her stomach. And 
I don't know about you, but sticking my head in the flu when I'm nauseous is not something that I would like to do. <laughs> if you close your eyes, I guess it's okay. Maybe. Don't leave them open when you stick your head in the flu. Just no. But it does mention her head spun dangerously in the grate, and Ginny swallowed heavily to prevent losing the contents of her stomach on Ron's shoes. <laughs> right. Oh, he would have deserved it. <laughs> He's Ron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she thinks the burritos at the cafeteria were off, and he says, yeah, well, at least you're not pregnant. Smirk. <laughs> <laughs> so Hermione sends her something that's going to get her through the day. And, well, she's fallen asleep, and then Harry comes home. I think Hermione's there, actually. Yeah. Ron sent Hermione yeah. over, and then she made the potion for him. Right. Harry and Hermione are whispering together when Ginny wakes up, but he wants to know if Ginny's feeling better and says she looks better, and then realizes... <laughs> Um, that her shirt's kind of lining up a little, and ooh, how fast can we get rid of Hermione? Bubba chicka wow wow. Hermione's like, um, I think I'll leave. I need to go now. Bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> don't mind me. They don't even hear her. He's got a plan. He's figured out how he's going to tell her she's pregnant. And oh, he's brother. talked to Neville, who can keep a secret, unlike other people he knows. Uh-huh. Uh, and we know this is going to be George, so as long as he can get to the borough before George for Sunday tea, they should be okay. He's bought George's mm-hmm. silence until then, which is funny. And he's taking her somewhere and doesn't tell her because it's a surprise. And they go flying, and he takes her to this little clearing. It's got a little stream, and it's outside of a little township, and she says it's very He's got there. flowers from the greenhouses that he's spruced everything up with. That was such a good friend. Seriously? Neville's cool. This is for you, Jules. <laughs> Yay, Neville! <laughs> so, and he's got a little picnic lunch for her, and she's starving again. So they pull out the basket, and there's treacle tarts, and sandwiches, and all kinds of things. And also a tub of Forescue's ice cream wrapped in freezing charms. I love that they mm-hmm. can do that. I want freezing charms for ice cream. That's cool. I also want Death Roll's nice. shoe cushioning charm. Mm-hmm. I was listening uh, to that the other day when my feet hurt really bad, and I wanted one. But anyhow, that's off the All sorts of the little household charms and things would be fun. Yeah, they yeah. <laughs> just sort of casually glances up and asks if he wants to name their first son James. And he's like, uh, uh, uh what? <laughs> Maybe she knows after all. <laughs> he says, well, I'd like that. Do you think we'll have a son first? And she says, well, probably. I am a Weasley. Although, after Victor, Toy... I can say that. Victoire. Victoire. After Vicky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vicky. <laughs> Harry says he doesn't care which. A little belly bean inside there. Mm-hmm. Plays with her tummy. And Ginny says that Molly will be excited. She'll have to wait, but he'll be excited. And Harry keeps trying to open his mouth and tell her she's pregnant and just doesn't find any opportunity. And she talks about the cradle that Molly and Arthur made and I think that she slept, did she sleep in with them for a little while first? Mm-hmm. In with the cradle before they move on, yeah. Yeah, because she's talking about how you don't always make a nursery until you know the child isn't going to die suddenly. Uh-huh. And so most of the Weasleys would be in the cradle in Molly and Arthur's room before they move into the nursery. And that way you already know whether it's a boy or a girl when you're doing all the painting and stuff. Which makes sense, right? So he's getting ready to tell her when there's a crash, and uh, George drops in. <laughs> Little George. <Yeah. laughs> 
Harry, good to see you. Not so much. <laughs> I am not at all happy to see you. Why are you here? I've come to help. Did you know we were going to be here? Yes, and yet you came anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As he casually goes through their picnic leavings looking for anything you can find because he's starving too. Mm-hmm. Takes the last sandwich. <sighs> Good old George. <laughs> yeah. He was going to help, but now that he's fallen off a tree, he's taking a sandwich. And I Harry wants to know just exactly how he was planning to help. I love that it's Seamus' dad who's an it man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The it man thing is funny, that's for sure. <laughs> It, man. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> trying to figure that out, listening to it was tough. I'm like, um... I then it. <laughs> oh, IT man. Yeah, He's like, um, there isn't any speaker in this thing. Oh, right, forgot the noisemaker part. Yeah, and then, <laughs> of course, it blares out because that seems to be a theme with Keza as well. There's always music blaring out of something. What a lovely way of saying how much you love me You're having my baby What a lovely way of saying what you're thinking of me uh, it's a- 70s classic Well, it's having my baby <laughs> Right mm-hmm. Harry's like, uh, we don't need to listen to this Really, no we don't <gasps> no, I don't want to do this Jenny's like, hey, we were just talking about this. And George is like, really? You were? Ha ha ha. Duh. Jenny's like, yeah, one day in the future. The kind of conversation married people have about their future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, George starts talking about Angie, and Jenny wants to know if she's ever used a muggle test. And he says, well, I think she might have used both. Talks about the sticks. And Jenny's like, yeah, I- I'm acquainted with the sticks on the muggle ones. And that's when she tells them that she took a pregnancy test yesterday and it came up negative. And Harry's like, uh, negative? Wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something's not right. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Something and is definitely like, Would you off. mind if it was unplanned? <laughs> <laughs> no. She said, I'd be happy about it. It'd be your baby. I'd be happy to get all fat for you. And Harry says, us, it'd be our baby, and I'd love to see you all glowing and round. (laughs) (laughs) Round. And she calls him soppy, and he says he's repeating the horrible song. Yep. Keza's way of sneaking in some of the lines in there. This one I haven't listened to, so I don't know how many of them are in the chapter, but there are a few. I have no clue. Harry's wondering now how come the pregnancy test and the parchment are telling two different tales. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But he can't quite think straight, so that gets set aside for later. Yeah. Because Ginny's doing intriguing things to his neck, and that just precludes all thinking whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Testosterone poisoning. He's lucky they got home in one piece without crashing the broom. That's all. (laughs) And Scarlet says the reason they are showing two different things is because Harry's life is out to get him. Always. (laughs) Always. <laughs> so now we've moved on and we're at the burrow and Hermione has a gift for little Freddy and Freddy won't touch it. And he's screaming, no. no! She's like, it's a present. Open it. No! Ron says, maybe you shouldn't have put a bow on it. 
This unfed, apparently, has told him not to take anything from Miney. Right. We don't know exactly how he is communicating with Uncle Fred, who is apparently invisible. Well, it's the portrait. <laughs> He's communicating with the portrait. Yeah, it's the picture. Yeah. I love it. Leave the poor kid and his unfed alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hermione says, why can't he take anything from me? And Ginny says, more to the point, why is he listening to Fred? (laughs) (laughs) How is he listening to Fred? George is like, I don't know. I think he just talks to the picture and thinks it talks back. I'm sure it talks back. It's just that nobody's supposed to know about it. Mm -hmm. Hermione still wants to figure this out, why you won't take anything from her. But they are interrupted by Victoire the Air Raid Siren. Yes. Yeah. Thinks that that gift might be kind of fun. Mm hmm. And as soon as she, of course, tries to take any of the paper off, Fred becomes possessive and takes it back. Mine! Right. So they're trying. Ron says, Make up your mind, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Then Harry says a swear word and Fleur says, Language! And Ron's like, Who cares? They can't talk. And she says, yeah, it's not what they can say, Ron. It's what they hear. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, little Ron. Yeah. Ron doesn't remember things. No, not at all. And Fleur is being run slightly ragged by shrieking toddlers. So yep. Ginny takes them off to get biscuits from Grandma. Yep. And steals Hermione so they can talk secretly. <laughs> right. Girl talk. And Ron, who never knows when to be quiet, says, you don't know any of my secrets, little girl. And she says, oh, yeah, I know about you going to see the healer after eating six hot dogs from the vendor on the street. He's like sputtering. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> Jenny knows everything. She always secrets. She really had to see a healer after eating six hot dogs. I'm thinking, it's Ron. <laughs> 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 And apparently, Fleur is just having a hard time with Victoire. She's busy and into everything and making a mess. And Ron says, oh, she's just one kid. How much trouble could she be? And Harry's like, you need to spend more time with Teddy. <laughs> you have much to learn, young you one. You have no idea. Angelina wants to know why Fleur is so tired. And she doesn't know because she feels like she's pregnant, but she went to the healer and then there was the missing patient and all sorts of things were going on. And I think the missing patient was probably Jimmy, who well, left because he fainted. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he'd owl the results and the results that she got says she's not pregnant. And that and, uh, she's yeah. been hurt playing Quidditch and she doesn't have dragon pox and all these other things. And she's just up in arms. Those people at St. Mungo's don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They think that I have a broken bone from Quidditch. I don't play Quidditch, except for that stupid tournament with the big dragon. I'm lucky I only had a broken wrist. That was at the tournament. Mm-hmm. They're trying to kill us. And, and then, then she Harry bursts into tears like, over Cedric. Yeah. Right. And Harry doesn't quite know what to do, but he's got a sneaking suspicion that the parchment in his pocket probably wasn't addressed to Jenny Weasley. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably addressed to Floor Weasley. <laughs> Oops. And here comes Just as well, he hasn't had time to say anything about it yet. With the never-ending pot of hot chocolate, because everybody in the family drops in for some hot chocolate on this night. Right. It mm-hmm. sounds really That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hot chocolate's always good. It is. 
Molly takes one look at Fleur and asks when she's due, and, of course, Fleur has these results that say she isn't and bursts into tears again. Teddy comes back in and flings himself at Harry and has had a biscuit with chocolate in it, which is wonderful. And he offers some to Harry. He's a very sweet little guy. Fleur is definitely going through mood swings here. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) Yep. And apparently everybody is showing up, yes. I guess it's because it's Sunday tea or whatever, so they're all coming. But Yeah, it's almost like screwball comedy at times in this fic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, early part was stuff the, going on. they were all running through corridors and closing doors <laughs> exactly. and trying to avoid all the Weasleys. Harry tries to teach Victoire to say Uncle Harry. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just swallowed my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Harry! <Hold> <laughs> No, I'm a little further down, but you'll, yeah. All right. Yes, Jimmy says Fleur's moods are giving her whiplash. Right. Yeah, and Arthur. Yeah. What did Arthur say, Kelly? You're going to make me say it, aren't you? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Arthur says something, well, he says, congratulations, and Jenny says, I'm not pregnant. And then Arthur says to Harry, oh, well, maybe you should try changing your diet or sometimes your sexual position. <laughs> and then goes off on a tangent and is like... Just completely changes the subject. God. <laughs> well, he's talking about microwaves, too. You think this belongs to the mini like, The, the mini what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hummy thing that the cooks the food <laughs> with the waves. <laughs> I'm oh, not sure what goes into making a microwave. But maybe I can help with something else because he happens to be carrying the scroll around. Yep, he hasn't left his pocket. He says, "I think maybe this is yours. Came to me at work, but it's obviously not supposed to." And he hands it over to her, and the snogging commences. <sighs> right <laughs> yep. uh, between Bill and Floor. Yeah. Not Bill between Harry. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> between Harry and Floor, that'd be a little bit awkward. She yeah, yeah. hugs Harry and kisses him on the cheek and squeals in his ear and begins to snog Bill and Harry's rubbing his ear because she squealed so loud. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go celebrate, which I read, of course, to mean let's go have sex. <laughs> which I think is what everybody else read that to mean. But... No, really? Yeah. You think? No. I, I don't know. <laughs> Was I wrong? I could have been wrong. Uh... I've been wrong before. It's happened a couple times that I remember. And George is like, what was on that parchment? And Charlie says, I'm guessing she's knocked up. Yeah. So I managed to knock myself out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie has a way with and, words. Uh, Just a little. Bill brings out the other piece of parchment with butterbeer spilled on it, which would be Ginny's results. Yes. Uh, you are dragonpox and spattergoit free, have a freshly healed Quidditch injury, and are not pregnant. At least as far as we can tell. You may or may not have scrofungulus. <laughs> There's a blurry <laughs> bit down at the bottom. Yeah, because apparently the healer spilled his coffee all over both parchments, and that's mm. what started all this. Probably when he was passing out again from the blood. Probably. <laughs> I-, I think it's hysterical that Flora's all of a sudden, we should go celebrate. And everybody's like, oh, I don't want that picture in my head. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Ron. He doesn't want to picture any of his relatives, really. No. But Molly offers to keep Victoire for the night. Yes. So they can celebrate in style, or without interruption. Or those pesky, you know, voyeurs trying to watch. Yeah. Like George. Yeah. (laughs) 
You know, it's Bill. I, he probably has his entire place warded against anybody who has red hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And Teddy is trying earnestly to offer the rest of his biscuit to Ron and getting chocolate all over Ron's face. <laughs> or part of Ron, anyway. So, eventually, they have to go off and clean up. Mm-hmm. And Audrey is gushing. Yeah, she's going to make some uh, booties. Yes. Oh, wouldn't it be mm-hmm. fun? Because they smell so good. And they're just so cute. The smell, the smiles, the coos. I love John. Or, I love John. Wow. The cough drops are getting to me. George. I love George. The vomit. The poo. Mm-hmm. And Percy says, maybe we should go home and talk about it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Somebody else going home for sex? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey is no help because she's, I do so love it when you get frisky. <laughs> George and Harry oh, are just cracking up. <laughs> oh, no. So. George. She's like, so... She's not pregnant, obviously. You upset about it? A little bit. I was kind of getting used to the idea. <laughs> George says, well, now you can go home and practice. I'm just going to go find out from Dad which position he met. I'll keep you informed. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> well, you know, got a lot of kids. He must know the right positions. Oh, God. But then there's a little fewer Weasleys in one room, so Harry and Ginny have a little bit more of a conversation about it. They were both a little disappointed, but they still think they're not really ready. But, you know, sometime it'll happen. They'll be good with that. That whole, it'll come when it comes. Yep. They're not quite ready, but they want a baby, but let's just take Teddy home instead. (laughs) We can practice. Why not? Not quite the way George was thinking. (laughs) No. There was another fic that I read. I don't remember who wrote it. That Ginny and Harry had Teddy for a day or something like that, or a couple days or something. I don't remember what it was. But it was when he was a baby. Uh Uh-huh. And teething or something. I don't remember what it was. But it turned out to be, this was probably the best form of birth control that I could think of. (laughs) Was that Kansas Rebuilding Life? I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember that it was like, oh my God. <laughs> it may have been rebuilding life. I don't think Teddy was really in that much. Harry took Teddy home a couple of times to the burrow, so I think it might have been. And Scarlet agrees with me. That's true. So we get to the end of the fic, and they go off to celebrate the fact that she's not pregnant. <laughs> Yay! So does anybody have any further thoughts about this? Totally random, how should I put this, comedy of errors. <laughs> it's like you said before, it's a telephone. Yes. She did very well at making you think Ginny really was pregnant. Yes, she did. I don't know if any of you had the idea she probably wasn't before you got to the last chapter. I was pretty sure she was the whole time. I was pretty sure she was not pregnant and that Floor was because of the way Floor was acting. But that was in the last chapter. Yeah, but we didn't see her until the last chapter. That's not true. We saw her in the very first chapter because Ginny had to hide from her. Yes. She was visiting the, well, Ginny thought she was visiting the old people ward in St. Mungo's when really she was getting the same test. I thought that was good foreshadowing. It was there unless you really knew what you were looking at. You missed it. Scarlet says she doesn't know she was undecided if Ginny was really pregnant. Apparently, you should have known because we knew the relative ages of some of the kids. 
but that was something that I saw in reviews after I read it the first time. I didn't pick that up myself. Yeah, because James wasn't born until Harry was 25, I think, something like that. I know. Go and be logical. I'm a Ravenclaw. What do you like to expect? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be strictly canonical. I thought it was cute. I thought it was a very funny comedy of errors because you knew that she wasn't pregnant. Oh, I knew that she wasn't pregnant. And uh, to watch everybody smirk and act like she was was funny. Yeah. And she knew she wasn't pregnant. She did. She thought that there was a little chance, maybe, but she really knew. And I like that Fleur knows she's pregnant, even though the healer has said that she's not, because she can tell. Women know these things, mm -hmm. you know. She called the healer and most of St. Muggles, especially including the greeting witch, all sorts of names. Especially since she's been pregnant before. She knows how it feels. Right. I thought Kesla did a great job with this, especially without making it cliched. I thought she did exactly what she set out to do. Oh, yeah. I agree. She didn't want to be the cookie cutter. You know, she didn't want to be the song fic. Right. Who can blame her? <laughs> yeah. And she won the challenge, and it was very well deserved. Yes. Yes, it was. Definitely, definitely. I agree. Kesa so, we'll look forward to seeing more. Yay. Yay, Kesa. I told Kesa we were doing this, and she told me that we were nuts or silly or something like that. Yeah, well, nuts, silly. Uh, pretty good description. Kenza does a good job with the, with the uh, challenge fix at SOIE. Yeah. And she's another one that I really enjoy, which is the twin time travel or something like that, where, like, Harry and Ginny's twins come back from the future. It's pretty hilarious. That one's good, too. Awesome. Seems to me that, it's like what Scott <laughs> said before, Kenza looks at these prompts and says, well, that's just silly. Why would I want to do something like that? And then she turns around and makes them awesome. Mm -hmm. She's pretty good at that. Well, I think we've covered as much as there is to cover with this fic. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we missed bits, but you can all tell us that in the comment threads. And yeah. <laughs> we will be back next week, probably with something completely unrelated to Kesa, even though they'll still be covering Rebuilding Life on the main cast. But you never know. We've been known to change our minds. So, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> good night, everyone. Charlotte says good night. Good night. What does a true Pufuanian do when they have to have a tooth removed? They podcast while on pain meds, of course. Well, there weren't any podcasts happening, so Hufflepuff Sam recorded a voicemail instead. These are her thoughts on Keza's rebuilding life. If they don't make sense, blame it on the Vicodin. So apparently I'm supposed to be doing a voicemail on Keza's whole rebuilding life thingy. But I've been put on medication, which is why they decided I needed to do this. But my notes aren't really clear on the matter. Keza has converted me, and it is not fair, because I do not like Ginny. So why am I being converted? I am not happy. I do not ship Harry Ginny. But, but it's like Keza is converting people to the ship of whatever they're held or known as. And, and, and Harry the King's always so clean. Everybody's always like in every story, Harry is so pure. And what teenage boy is that pure? No, none of them. None of them are like, let's wait till marriage. Most of them are like, hey, babe, your mom home? I have my picturing wrong with a stupid Australian accent. Excuse my brain. I'm still under the effects of nitrous oxide and Vicodin and don't let talk about things because then the army will get me in the fair and Lisa. This is April popping in to say Twitch is okay. Really, she is. She just needs to calm down and continue her voice now. I am calm. As calm as I can be considering they're going to come kill me now.
There are no armies coming to kill it. If they are, I am stupid beaks. You are not allowed to say that train of thought. You told not to let you say that train of thought. They're not being... Okay, um, we're putting that under the heading right next to the note of Don't Touch Keza. I had to say earlier of the twins. Oh, yes, twins. Twins. Fred died, and George is like, I don't have a twin, and Ron's like, I'll be your twin. And, and, and you can't become a twin like that overnight. It's just not fair. I mean, you can't just step into Fred's shoes. It's not cool. I love the fact that Ron is floating on the ceiling trying to eat bacon. And it disturbs me greatly. If you start doing the Mr. Party Guy thing, I will kick you, because I'm trying to podcast. Ah, she couldn't all the answers in my living. I told you the Vila army was coming to attack me, and I told you they had mail form. Twitch, you were gonna mention that. Oh, I wasn't going to, and then they started dancing with Chippendale dancers in my living room, the music. Back to the story, please. I want to know what happened. Yes, stories. And, and, and Ron's sister-in-law is taunting him with the fact that she got a tattoo in a place that would hurt to get a tattoo. And? I tattooed your boot. It would hurt, too. And it's just disturbing. And they're like, you should have run interference with mom. You know what was happening. They're like, consider that payback for no silencing charge. And poor George is getting drunk. And he's like, please tell me I wasn't taken advantage of last night. And how the heck do Australians say Yahoo? I assume the way everyone else says it, but... No, because we say hello and they say good day, right? How would they say Yahoo? Maybe someone will answer that. Remember, you're supposed to be talking about the story. But the story has Australians in it, and, they, and you know what? It has Vila in it, too. I told you they were Australian. And you didn't want to talk about that topic. Excuse my randomness, but my brother is stripping in my living room. I'm doing the stupid Chippendale dancers dance. If at first we did succeed, it wouldn't be poopa. And Ron was yelling about how no manly men can get flower tattoos. That depends where the flower is placed. And the thing is, depending on the place, it could be manly. Do I want to know where a flower tattoo would be manly on the guy? Well, it involves the flame. Hey, baby, you want to see some flowers in bloom? So, no, I don't think you want to know. Hi, you got that one, didn't you? Story, please. Story, yes. I have yet to figure out why Ron was floating on the ceiling, but it's something about a bug bite. And he was trying to eat bacon while he was on the ceiling. And George had a rope tied around him, treating him like a balloon. Oh, did you like the story? Yes, it was awesome. And it was awesome, but, like, why is Kaza trying to convert me? Speaking of Bill... He kept forgetting charms and completely messing with his brothers on purpose. And, like, he was in a tent, and they cursed George so he could have really big ears, and so they were intentionally doing things in the tent to torture George. And George is all yelling, this isn't very fun, and Bill peeks out of the tent and yells, ah, that depends on which side of the tent you're on. And they went to Australia, and Australia is backwards. And I still can't believe I'm doing this. Isa, I'm lost. Continue, Twitch, with this talking about how you like the story. Or didn't like it. Whichever one. <laughs> so I bite down my mouth to switch. <laughs> Alright, how about you say goodbye? Listen, that's... Bye, Poofwa. I'll see you next time I'm medicated. <laughs>